0: Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning, 77 WABC. Friends.
1: There are a lot of questions after the Secret Service found what's believed to be a bag of cocaine at the White House that was discovered in a common workspace in the West Wing. The area is accessible to tour groups. Now, the Secret Service is investigating just how it got there. The President and his family were at Camp David. We have
2: a on the demo. We have a yellow bar stating cocaine, hydrochloride. The city council is going to investigate how the
3: Adams administration handled the dangerous smoke that darkened our skies last month. Council members announced they will hold a hearing next week to examine the city's response to the air quality alert. Some critics accused Mayor Adams of not warning the city early enough about the unhealthy air from Canadian wildfires. In a statement, a spokesperson for the mayor's office said the city mounted a whole of government response to keep New Yorkers informed and
4: protected.
5: Thousands of families camped out in Queens, Brooklyn, and Manhattan to see the Macy's fireworks show in its 47th year. As the hours passed, the piers got more crowded with little kids. Um, I'm you here to see the fireworks and having fun. And big kids, too. You have a huge
6: cast of characters that are here. It's an amazing melting pot for people.
4: And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you.
6: in We should sing it something like this. Listen here. Oh, beautiful, far spacious skies, far amber waves of grain, For purple mountains majesties up the fruited plain, but now wait a minute, I'm talking about America, sweet America, you know, God done shed his grace on
7: And a belated happy birthday to America on this Wednesday morning, July the 5th. We are back. The number one news talk show, not just in mornings, all day in New York City. We are sitting friends in the morning. Of course, we were not here yesterday or the day before. And uh, we get back. Still kind of celebrating. I'm wearing a shirt today that reads a uh, nice little V-neck T-shirt, part of that toxic masculinity line. And it reads, well, it says, what say here? Love her or leave her with a big picture of the American flag. And then my uh, my beautiful wife, Danielle, bought me a bathing suit this weekend of the American flag. And we've got matching beach chairs. We spent a lot of time on the beach this weekend, uh, the American flag beach chairs. So we are about as patriotic as it gets on this Wednesday, July the 5th. So we hope you had a very nice July 4th holiday Hopefully you had all four days off like we did Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. I am uh, I I have no remorse for taking these days off. I should have taken off the whole week. Gotta be honest. First thing I thought of this morning when um, when I got to work was why am I here? It is desolate out there. Anybody who is anybody took the whole week off. Now they're up now listening to me. I understand that, but they're not working. Let's be honest. But we're all back. Lewis is back, and uh, Norm is hey. back. Hey, now. Hey, now. Hey, now. Hey,
2: it's good to be back.
7: That's what I said when they welcomed me to Craig Corton's last show on WFN on Friday. It's like, Craig and Evan here, said, how are you? Hey, now. Hey, now. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Stole that from Stern. Just stole it like everything else I stole from Howard. But um while we shouldn't be back, it is nice to be back on this Wednesday morning. And uh, so much went on this weekend. So much. You know, talking about... um July Fourth and the fireworks last night annoyed the hell out of me. I know that sounds nuts, but oh, I don't know. I got to be up at three thirty in the morning you hear <laughs> M80s and pineapples going off at ten thirty at night.
2: <laughs> like explosions. Oh my Isn't god! I even... I, like I was
7: in Baghdad.
2: <laughs> that's, that's what it's got to be like too. Oh all my god! All night,
7: all night. The skies are <laughs> lighting up. There's bombs going off. Because <laughs> where we live, uh, Louie and I there, Rockaway, Napantit, the you know, Bell Harbor, that beautiful area. They've got their own fireworks. Howard Beach as well. You know, they come armed. John Gotti had more fireworks than Macy's all those years. So they're shooting them off all night long. I couldn't sleep. I think I fell asleep 1130. And I was up at like 305. I just got out of bed and said, screw this. But I did go on Saturday night, July the 1st, to my dear friend Mike Sullivan's house. And he lives in Breezy Point. The whole Sullivan family lives there. He's got four brothers who all serve this country proudly. Two brothers who are cops, former cops, seven brothers in all. It's an amazing family. His mom is still alive. She lives in Breezy. In fact, I went to visit his mother and five of his brothers, no Eddie. But I saw the other five, Timmy, Brian, uh, Danny, Russ, and Thomas, who, of course, has run for office a bunch of times, my dear friend Tom Sullivan. So we went to Mike's house, Mike and Donna Sullivan, Danielle and I and Gabriel, and he lives right on the water, the Bayside in Bleecy Point, and we watch their fireworks show. Now, they do it July the 1st, but they've got the Garucci Brothers, who I believe are the same guys that do the Macy's show and all the sports shows. It is a huge deal. And I want to say there's about 10,000, 10,000 people that were coming off the beaches, I swear to you, coming off the beaches, Lewis, for like an hour and a half. I imagine. Of course. It was nuts.
4: Of course.
7: And I'm sure it was the same thing in Rockaway last night, but I I stayed inside. I had to get ready for work.
2: And yesterday wasn't even a great uh, weather day.
7: Well, no, this was
8: Saturday,
2: though. Oh, Saturday. Saturday was gorgeous. Saturday was good.
7: Yeah, yesterday sucked. Yesterday was gorgeous in the morning. We went to the gym, and I I distinctly remember Danielle was running eight miles. So I finished my my arm workout, and I stood outside shirtless in my bathing suit for about an hour until she got back to meet me. Then we went for breakfast. You know, we like this uh, diner. In Howard Beach. Very good diner. We've got two diners that we really like. The Oasis Diner, Flatbush Avenue in Brooklyn, and the Howard Beach Diner. So we went for breakfast all four mornings. It was great. And it was gorgeous and sunny and hot. We came out of the diner about noon, and the skies were completely gray. And I did not see sun again till like 6 p.m. last night. After three consecutive Hot, blazing, gorgeous days, right, Lewis? And it was lightning and thunder. Yes.
2: But then they cleared the beach, cleared the beach early after. Did they really? Oh, yeah, I never they-
7: went. I never went yesterday. Well,
2: they, well, they cleared the water. They, you know, they the cleared the water. Were yeah. ringing well, I
7: know was- this, uh, I don't know why they call it a sport. I don't know why anybody's even interested. And I'm guilty because for years I brought this loser on, this Joey Chestnut, whose claimed to fame as eating like 60 or 70 hot dogs in 10 minutes. It's so grotesque. There's nothing. Uh, athletic about it, nothing fun about it. Bunch of guys throw up. They're all ugly and gross, but, uh, people show up, and they're also ugly and gross. People that show up in Coney Island at Nathan's. And, uh, they had to stop the event yesterday because of the range you're talking about, Lewis, for about two hours. Then it came back on, and I'm in the car at 1010 Winds, and they are covering this like the president got shot. You can't even make it up. On Winds? On 1010 Winds. <laughs> You can't even make it he up. They are covering this, Joey Chestnut. Uh, they've now suspended the action, but we expect to get back on the. I'm like, are you nuts? Like a rain delay for a Met game, and then he came back, Chestnut, and he did 62 hot dogs, which is not his record. I believe his record is 76. But my God, they they put him on my show once or twice, even once with Bernard. What can you ask? He's him? awful. What can you ask? Him? Well, it's interesting. How do you prepare for it? To eat <laughs> hot dogs before. Do you do you make yourself throw up. What do you do about your yeah. stomach muscles? Great. I mean, if, yeah, it's, trust me, I know it's it's nonsense. But if the guy had some personality, it would be great. He's got no personality. This guy. Well, that's why. I, I mean, he's doing. I know. What do you? Yeah. you <laughs> kind of loser. <laughs> yeah, you're the right. Rodney
2: Dangerfield is on yeah. a hot dog eating contest. Oh God. No.
7: Yesterday was uh, was I was actually happy that it was cloudy for a while because my face started to sting by Sunday night from all the sun. Days and days on the beaches. We had great dinners all week, Lenny's Clam Bar, weekend I should say, Pico's, La Sorrentina. Last night we ordered pizza from Pizza de Mora, your favorite place, Lewis. And we watched Gravesend again for the third time. And I'm just going to tell you folks that for me it's a big deal because I'm not an actor. I'm not Bo Deedle, I'm certainly not Chance Terry or Vinny Pastori or Armand DeSante or William DeMeo. My very first opportunity in acting was on this show, and I've got one more since. Made that great motion picture out in Los Angeles, Gemini Lounge, which has been renamed Inside Man, which hits theaters all over the country and the world August 11th. But um, I'm in five of the nine season two episodes in Graves' And remember, at the premiere on Thursday night, we were on Friday morning, that amazing red carpet premiere, they showed the first two episodes, which is mainly me and Andrew Dice Clay. But you guys remember in real life, Andrew Dice Clay got like Bell's palsy and he couldn't work. So on the show, I have to tell Benny, the boss, that Ronaldo, that's Dice's name in the show, he had a stroke. But we knew that eventually Dice would come back and do season three with me. So in episodes, for example, five, six and nine, there is no Dice. It's just me and Benny and the rest of the crew. And I got to tell you, I thought it was pretty good. But I don't know. And then I start to get an onslaught of unprovoked messages, Louis. Here's one. Armand DeSante. Would you consider Armand DeSante a legend? I would. Big time actor. DMs me this. By the way, I know you're a legend, Sid, in your industry. But suffice to say, I've got my eyes out. I'd love to find something for you. If I haven't already written it, you're a wonderful actor. Stay brave. Stay wild. Armand DeSante. Oh, my God. Yeah. Then I get one from Chaz Palminteri. Terrific job. Then I get one from Tony Darrow, who wants to call in today. Then Bo Dietl called me. Just unbelievable. All unprovoked all weekend long. So I watched it again last night, and at the risk of sounding like a real douchebag, they're right. I'm good. I'm good. Well, Yeah, I'm good. Really good.
2: Not great. Accomplished D-Bag.
7: Yeah. Like it. I no. am an accomplished D-Bag. Yeah. Just,
2: just be careful about being typecast, <laughs> that's
7: all. Well, I know that. I've only yeah. played mobsters. So yeah, right. hopefully Armand DeSante with these folks, my next opportunity, because I'm going to be back in Season 3 in Gravesend. In fact, what's cool is we started shooting Season 2 before COVID in Sunny Isles down in Miami all the way back in April of 2021, and we resume shooting for Season 3 in that same place. Sunny Isles in the fall. So it'll start getting cool here, and I get to go to Florida and start shooting season three of Gravesend. That'll be fun. So that was uh, that was a, a major part, port, I should say, of our weekend. But, of course, every weekend Donald Trump is huge in the Sid Rosenberg household. In fact, his daughter-in-law, Lara Trump, will join us coming up at 7.45 this morning. She was in Westchester yesterday. And Trump did a rally it was either Friday or Saturday in the great state of South Carolina. My beautiful daughter, Ava, is on a train right now after spending nine days in South Carolina, even dining with the great congresswoman, Nancy Mace. She's on her way home. What, what day was this, Friday or Saturday, uh, Justin, that Trump was in South Carolina?
3: Uh, whatever day the first was. So the
7: first was Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. yeah. So he's at this rally, and one of the things he talked about was if you're a school out there, And you're making life miserable for the kids with this post-COVID nonsense. He's going to shut you out. I like this one, Lewis. Donald Trump, cut number one.
4: And I will not give one penny to any school that has a vaccine mandate or a mask mandate.
7: I like that one. In the second one, he starts talking about the fake news media. And even they have figured out that Joe Biden is a crook. Donald Trump, Lewis, cut number two.
4: The fake news media has finally started to admit what we all knew. Joe Biden is the most corrupt president in American history by far. It's not even close. He's a criminal and a liar who sold his office to foreign countries and many other people. You take a look at what's going on. All of the stuff goes into the stuff he calls. It goes into family pockets. And it comes from many cases, very bad third world actors. And nobody thought they were going to get caught with all of their phony corporations that they set up. The only problem is those people don't like to report on it, but they're actually having to start. It's very interesting. I'm just not sure I want to run against anybody else. I sort of like this one. (laughs)
7: <laughs> he then goes on to, I love him, to talk about how we used to respect the office of the presidency, but, well, not so much now. Donald Trump cut number three.
4: But today everything having to do with those courageous Americans who fought for us and sacrificed so strongly is indeed being destroyed under crooked Joe Biden, and he is crooked as hell, isn't he? You know, I've been hitting him much differently than I have because I've always respected the office. And then when they indicted me for nothing, I said, now the gloves are off. Now we have to say it like it is. He's a crook under crooked Joe Biden. I never called him that. I took the name away from Hillary Clinton. We call her beautiful Hillary now (laughs) because I don't It was crooked Hillary. Now it's crooked Joe because it's a much more appropriate name right now for this man who's just destroying our country.
7: So people are still talking a lot about this SCOTUS decision last week where colleges will no longer admit kids based on affirmative action. It was a wonderful ruling. If you disagree, you're a racist. I'm saying it. You're a racist. So who talked about it this weekend? Stephen A. Smith? Can I prove my point? How about this animal, Jamel Hill? How does this lady continue to work? Somebody tell me how. ESPN got rid of her. I'm not exactly sure why, but somebody else hired her. Was it The Athletic or one of these? Yeah, The Athletic, I believe. So she wrote something that the New York Post published this weekend, and it reads, Jemele Hill accuses Asians of carrying the water for white supremacy for backing affirmative action decision. Race-blind America advocate Kenny Zhu celebrates SCOTUS striking down affirmative action. And in this column, this racist bitch, Jamel Hill, goes on and eviscerates the Asian people. And all they do is get up every morning and work their asses off. And Jamel Hill continues to write, ends up in the Post on TV. She is a despicable, low-life racist. That's all she is. Stephen A. Smith... He has his moments. He's a brilliant, entertaining TV guy and a great basketball mind. But every now and then, Stephen A. Smith shows his true colors, just like the mayor, Eric Adams, who I'm just about done with. So, Trump, at this rally in South Carolina in Pickens this weekend, talked about the new merit based system of education. A fine day in America. And President Trump is right. This, Lewis is cut number four.
4: We appointed nearly 300 federal judges and three great Supreme Court justices. And this week, those justices ruled to move our country forward with a merit-based system of education. How big is that? Isn't that big? Isn't that great? In other words, if you're a worker and you work very hard in school, you got fantastic marks, somebody that hasn't done nearly as well, who perhaps has not worked nearly as hard, will not be taking your place on a school, college, or at a university. They're not going to be. We're going by merit. We're back to the old merit system that built our country. That was a big one.
7: All right, nice job, Donald Trump. So much more to do today, so much, and what a guest list. My God, you know we're back, folks. Bill White, Curtis Slewa. Lara Trump, Roger Stone, Noam Laden, Peter King, and Paul Borghese, all stopping by today on this, the Wednesday hump day post-July 4th edition of your favorite talk show in New York City. That's us, Sid and Friends in the Morning, and it's exclusively right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Neil Diamond, America.
6: We've a
0: Radio seventy-seven WABC. Boy, this is sit and friends in the morning.
6: Friends,
0: how many have them, seventy-seven WABC.
7: For you. today, July the 5th, happens to be Huey Lewis' birthday. He's an actor, too, you know. He did a couple of shows. I think he was in Miami Vice, a few others, but I liked him. Huey Lewis on the news. I thought he was pretty good. How old Lewis is Huey Lewis today? You can't guess. I'm going to go with 73.
2: That's on what?
7: Is that what he is? That's what he is. I mean, I feel like everybody's birthday, they're like 73. That's crazy. The whole generation. Is that really what it is? He's 70. But 1950. Seventy-three. There you go. Big hot dog eater. I heard too. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. he can beat Joey Chestnut.
2: Yeah, I think so. One and of his sing uh, at the same time. One of
7: his great songs is uh, "I Want a New Drug," and that's a big story today. They found cocaine at the White House, and if it was 15 years ago, I'd have to get on the air right now and say I was never there. But, <laughs> but of course, thank God these days I put down the powder. But uh, Hunter Biden didn't. But I don't think Hunter wasn't. You know, who knows? Listen, it's so funny because. People don't realize the degenerates that are in Washington, D.C. They put on nice suits and a tie and they go on TV and they look so nice as they walk to the hill. These are the filthiest degenerates God ever created, a lot of them. So cocaine is not exclusive to Hunter Biden in Washington, D.C., and it's not exclusive to our Democrats either. There could be a a boatload of people and, and it could be a tourist too because I guess the library where they found the drugs... The tourists go through there as well. So to try to figure out who did it, it's kind of silly. You can bash Hunter Biden all day. I don't care. I hate him. I hate him. I know he's in recovery. I'm in recovery, too, but I hate him. But uh, <laughs> odds are it wasn't his. That's my call. So I get a text yesterday from Justin Brennan. There's a story today, I guess. And, Noam, you had this earlier on that uh, award-winning 5 a.m. news show that the city council is now going to investigate the mayor and surely he'll call somebody white or a cracker or something because that's how he defends himself about this uh, this air quality issue a couple of weeks ago where the truth is the mayor did nothing. He did nothing. Holcomb did nothing. The skies turned orange and all of a sudden I saw the mayor. For the days leading up to it, I don't remember anybody telling me get ready for this type of day. I don't remember. You guys... Do you remember anybody, any government official saying, get ready for this? Of course not. No. Just like that snowstorm years ago that took place in November. I couldn't get to Teddy Atlas's charity dinner that night, and Bill de Blasio told us nothing. And he tried to blame it on Joe Esposito, douchebag. But they um, know him. Get know him on the mic. Know him, Layden. Know him. What is the latest uh, city council investigating the mayor?
9: Is exactly what you said, right? All of a sudden, this orange glow came in. Nobody was ready for it. We got no warning about it. They held a press conference after it was already here. So now city council members say, hey, what gives? You have people who are in charge of the city's health. How could they not know it was coming?
7: Right. Thank you for that. So Justin Brennan is like number two, I think, in Brooklyn City Council. He's in charge of about $10 billion. That's true. That's the budget. And you know the story. I've known Justin Brennan since two thousand. When I was the host of the morning show with guys like Scott Kaplan and Craig Carton at 102.7 w one e w f m and Justin worked for the Opie and Anthony guys, who were major stars in the afternoon. In fact, they were beating Stern back then. So he became friendly. Nice guy. And then it turns out he becomes his politician. He was kind of heavy and tattoos, and I never would have thought he'd be a politician, but he is. And he wins easily. But he's, uh, you know, he's a no-good Democrat. He's awful, in fact, awful. So he sends me a, a text last night about some story that he planted, clearly he planted it, in the New York Daily News about Ari Kagan, who beat my friend Ada Delphouse and is now the Republican candidate for that district come November. He's now the Republican. And Justin goes, hey, Sid, your boy is for Fugazi. So I send a text back to Justin. I say, Justin, baby. I've known you for 23 years. I'm I'm going to stay away from saying bad things about you because I'm loyal like that. I'll let Curtis do that. I'll call Malio Takis. I said, but let me explain something to you. Even if he was Fugazi and he's not, even if he was, I would vote for a Fugazi Republican over a dirty Democrat eight days a week. What I'm saying, Justin, is, is no matter how long I know you and no matter how many texts you send me, I wouldn't vote for you. And this is my exact quote. If there was a gun pressed to my temple, happy fourth. Have a good day. And I sent that text to Curtis and Nicole to point out that I can still have a somewhat, somewhat friendly conversation with a Democrat, but I let him know right off the bat, you're no good. I'd rather have a gun to my temple. And I still wouldn't vote for you. Well, that would be some new story right there. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't the be, be. But Sid let me ask Rosenberg. you a question.
2: If somebody really did hold a gun to my temple. Okay. And I'm in the voting booth. All right, stand by. Here comes a d- ridiculously s- stupid hypothetical. No, question. it's not because. Okay, I'll admit. Crazy. Of course I'm voting for Brandon. Right? I mean, when I mean, we make these comments
7: mm-hmm. on. Like there's no way, there's no way. But if you're in the voting booth, somebody walks in, put a gun to your head, and says, "Lou, you better check that box." What are you going to do?
2: I, I check that box. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. And like the F A <laughs> yeah. the uh, callers to the F A N, like, okay, Mike, gun to your head. Oh, every time. <laughs> every time, gun to your head of the
7: Yankees. By the way, the Yanks got a big win yesterday, and Aaron Judge, is he out forever? Like forever? Who Judge? A- Judge? Yes. Uh it's not looking too hot. Wow. Yeah, it's a bad tell. The Yankees, uh, are now 86 games in, which means they've got about, um, 76 to go. 76 to go. They're 10 games over 500. They're not going to catch the Rays. They're eight back. But to the Yankees' credit, again, this is ridiculous, if the season ended today, the Yankees are tied with the Houston Astros well behind the Baltimore Orioles for that second and last wild-card playoff spot with Toronto and the Angels right behind them. But the Angels have now lost Otani and Trout, so they're dead.
3: Well, they're only two back of the uh Orioles.
7: There's only two back now? <clears throat> yeah. Okay, that's not terrible. And my Mets have won three in a row. But getting back to the Yankees, their announcer, John Sterling, who I've known for many, many years. I love John. Love him. Celebrated his 85th birthday yesterday. 85! And he's still great. The owner of the New York Football Giants gave... John Sterling, I'm talking about Mara, John Mara, gave John Sterling a beautiful giant helmet. And Michael K. Michael Kay does the Yankee games on TV, the S-Network. Yes John Sterling does the Yankee games on radio, WFAN. But they worked together for many years, starting 32 years ago. And Michael Kay, during the Yankee broadcast yesterday, sent a nice little birthday shout-out to John Sterling. This would be Michael Kay, cut number Fourteen.
6: There's the birthday boy, John Sterling, 85 and loving it, thriving at 85.
7: He is still thriving at 85, and of course, the greatest call ever from John Sterling is not all rise, here comes the judge, it's not the Tino. it's not El Capitan, it was this just a couple of weeks ago, Lewis, cut number 15. At the belt.
4: And now the 3-2
8: swung on, a pop foul Back here.
6: Ow! <laughs> Ow! Ow!
8: It really hit me. I didn't know it's coming back that far. Oh my
7: God, I'll be done. So, once again, it'll be a 3 2. <laughs> I live every time. Folks, we've got a ton of guests coming up. Bill White, he's a brilliant man. Worked for uh, Donald Trump, ran the Intrepid for many, many years. He's in Capri, Italy this morning, but he's going to call us live coming up momentarily. Also get traffic, no Joe Nolan today. But it is time, it's Wednesday, for the Tunnel to Towers update. My buddy, the CEO, Frank Siller, he's going to tell us how the foundation honored our nation's heroes yesterday on the 4th of July. Good morning, Frank.
5: Hey, Sid. How you doing, buddy? So, you know... Said it's easy to lose sight of the true meaning of the Fourth of July when we're all busy watching fireworks, going to the beach, barbecuing with our family and friends. But we should all know how important it is to honor America's independence and the freedoms we enjoy, thanks to our nation's heroes. Tunnel to Towers, on end. Independence Day this year by announcing that we have delivered 32 mortgage-free homes to Gold Star and fallen 1st responder families who die in the line of duty that leave young families behind. And, of course, our smart home program where we deliver mortgage-free homes to catastrophic injured service members or first responders. These 32 heroes put their lives on the line while protecting our country or our community And most of them paid the ultimate sacrifice. Now, the Talta Towers Foundation is honored to provide a sense of financial stability and security to these families left behind by either paying off their mortgage in full or giving them a mortgage-free smart home. These families should never have to worry about leaving their homes where they created so many beautiful memories. Visit t2t.org for more information about our line of duty programs. Thanks Sid.
7: Thank you Frank and as Frank said donate just $11 a month for America's heroes do it today at t the number 2t.org That's t the number 2t.org
0: 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends.
6: setting.
7: waiting for the mayor eric adams to apologize to that lady he talked about her being some plantation owner and all that slavery nonsense turned out she's a holocaust survivor and i said last week the mayor needs to apologize and i've been out the last four days but as far as i know not only did he not
9: apologize but he doubled down noam laden what do you got for me we spoke with, um, Jeannie Dubnow. That's the woman he yelled at. And uh, she was up there, you know, she's a tenant activist, and she was upset that the Rent Guidelines Board had raised the rent for people in rent-stabilized apartments. And so we said to her, hey, do you want an apology from the mayor? And she said, no, I just want the mayor to do his job. He promised us that he wouldn't raise our rent. And so she said, that's why I was so animated that day, and I was so angry. She said she was shocked by the use of the word plantation when he was talking to her. He's yeah. screaming at her, saying, no. you know, don't talk to me like you're on a plantation. Right right um, but she said i don't want an apology i just want him to fix what's wrong but she then ended by saying i don't want him to be mayor anymore because he stinks at it
7: yeah, he does i'm telling you man i'm done with him i um i am not going to text him again i don't care if the show loses a rating point i don't care i do maintain some pride and integrity some and i'm friends with his friends i still love anthony carone i love him he's in the hamptons and That's a bit uh, nauseating. (laughs) But uh, he's a Rockaway guy. I love him. I love his brother, Frank. I'm sorry, Curtis, you don't like him. I don't care. I like him. I like both of those guys. But uh, the mayor, this is not the first time that he's done this. Crackers, white people, journalists, and uh, this guy's a racist, that guy's a racist, she's a racist. You start saying that enough, and guess who turns out the racist really is? Take a look in the mirror. Bill White is the CEO of Constellations Group in Palm Beach. He's a nationally respected advocate for veterans, military, and first responders. In fact, Bill has raised over $2 billion billion for our brave service members who have been killed and severely wounded and now serves as national director on President Trump's 2024 reelection committee. He's also gay and married to his very handsome husband, Brian, for 22 years. And I mentioned the fact that he was gay because he was on with us during our gay day, whatever that was. Is that what we called it, Louis?
2: <laughs> Sorry,
7: I'm, I'm just gathering all that. <laughs> that was a lot. And he was great. He may have been the best guest of the whole day. And he said back then that uh, guys like him, I think he's 56 or 57 my age, are uh, they don't like this new age gay stuff, this, uh, these extra letters they keep adding. So, with that said, live from one of my favorite cities in the world, that I've been there. The gorgeous Capri, Italy, is my dear friend, Bill White. Bill, good morning, buddy. How are you? Uh, ciao bella molto
10: bene, Sid Rosenbergani. <laughs> How are you?
7: I'm great. I, you <laughs> sent me that beautiful picture with you and the mayor of Capri, Italy yesterday and the big American flag. How
8: cool was that?
10: Oh, we were so happy to celebrate, uh, 4th of July in Italy. We were, uh, talking about our friend Silvio Berlusconi, the great prime minister of Italy, who just recently passed away, and we were talking about the similarities between him as a businessman and Donald Trump as a businessman, both leading our country, and how so many people who are in, you know, the system, let's call it, they are the Uniparty that want to keep and maintain uh, all the control, all the money, all the power, uh, they don't like these guys that come in and don't need money, they don't need the power, they just wanna they just want to do what's right for the country, said and I think that's why you and I were talking that we now estimate and we have polled this, we are working these polls very strenuously, that we believe we can say with honesty and integrity that between four and five out of every ten gay Men in America now support Donald Trump. And this is a huge change in the numbers. And we're going to keep saying it because if you used to say this, right, we talk about this, you get canceled. You're talking about the mayor. He gets to say, because he's black, which is fine, that uh, you're not going to talk to me like I'm on the plantation. You're a racist. And you know what? They keep saying that. And then people start printing that. He's a racist. They did that with me in uh, Buckhead City when we were trying to create Buckhead, and they even called me a homophobe, right? And you're gay. Uh, And you're gay. gay. I happen to be gay. Ask Lou. Ask Lou. He knows. And, uh, you know, this is the way they do it. They say it enough where they try to cancel you. But look, gays are going to be voting for Donald Trump more than ever before. So are African-Americans so are Jewish Americans, so are Asian Americans, and the big group is, so are Hispanic Americans. Hispanic Americans, gay Americans starting to love Trump even more. I believe it.
7: I do. And uh, very anecdotal, of course, I speak to, I've got friends who are gay, and uh, they love Trump. They do not love this administration. Again, very anecdotal. But I do want to uh, go back to a conversation you and I had on the day we did celebrate Gay Pride here, and that was you were saying that uh, old-time guys like you, I think you're my age, 56 or 57, you're a beautiful-looking guy. You said, um, look, we're great with LBJ. We're great with that. But these new letters, the T, the Q, this new stuff going on, we're not uh, We're not into all that. And I think you told me a couple days ago there's even a lawsuit. Tell me about this.
10: Yeah, so, uh, you know, listen, some people file these uh, lawsuits, you know, just for – reaction and and, uh, publicity, and I have to be honest with you, I I don't think it will go anywhere, but we are forming a group of signatories. I expect to have 50,000 signatures saying that we would like to have gender identification removed from sexual orientation because they're two completely different things. We do not espouse, uh, you know, ch- chopping off uh, children's genitalia uh, in kindergarten, okay? We do not espouse people uh, questioning, two-spirited, going into children's libraries and performing in drag, uh, shaking their rear ends at our country's children. First of all, any parents that are taking those children there really should have their heads examined. But we don't want to be associated with that because that is not the LGBT movement that we all agree was wonderful. You know, we don't want to be fired because we're gay. We don't want to not be able to marry who we love because we're gay. We don't want to, you know, not have to be able to do certain things because we're gay. That doesn't equal you need to watch us uh, dance in front of your children so that your children are okay with – yeah. Being trans, that's a very different thing, right, Sid? Oh, uh, uh, and very different, yes. Right? It's very different. And people think, you know, wow, this is Bill White saying this. He's a real jerk. Oh, he's with Trump. No, uh, i we're begging people to understand the difference because we all got lopped together in the alphabet soup. We're kidding about it. I don't even recognize the movement anymore because it has nothing to do with gay rights. Nothing. It's actually anti-gay, if you think about it. <laughs> yeah. The LGBTQIA, two-spirited, three cows, four eagles, that's not about <laughs> supporting gay rights, right? No. And I, I'm making light of it because it's so silly. You know, identify as a lion. Uh, you roar when you say hello to me. Yeah. Come on. Come no, on I, now.
7: I, I on the news yesterday on 1010 Winds uh, during the afternoon, they actually they were talking about uh, test scores, for uh, black people and Latino people, and on the news, the reporter actually said, and for people that identify as black and Latino, I said to Danielle, what do you mean identify? And she, Well, she gave me a decent explanation. She said, well, maybe like Danielle's mixed marriage, Danielle's father, black, mother, white. I guess I guess okay maybe but they weren't talking about that. They use that now all That's the time. Right. It's like I don't know about you Bill, maybe you do it, maybe you don't, but I get a lot of emails these days with he,
10: his, she, hers. What the hell is that? What is that? Oh, oh yeah, the pronoun thing has gotten ridiculous. You know, they were starting to do this at major companies and there has been a revolt in those companies. I won't say the companies because we know people, you know, who are and you know there is great retribution going on now if you don't vocally support this. You can lose your job, you can be transferred, you can be demoted. This is a very dangerous slope that we're on. Um, and I say this, you know, I say this back to you, now that the affirmative action case is, is, I'll be honest with you, I checked the box, I identify as a Pacific Islander, I wanted to get a grant. Check the box. I, I'm a Pacific Islander, And that helps me get money. This is crazy that uh, people are able to do this. You remember, Senator uh, Elizabeth Warren was identifying. Uh, An American Indian, right? And then she took a she took a blood test. She's one two thousand (laughs) and fifty eight. It's
5: ridiculous, right?
10: Indian, yeah. And I I think you you and Danielle are more Indian than she is. Well, listen, I'm more of a black person than
7: Liz Warren. Pocahontas is an Indian. There's no doubt about it. It's ridiculous, and we continue to give credence to these people, and it's just gross. I mean, forgetting about uh, what they identify as, but I got to tell you, Stephen A. Smith. I'm a big uh, sports guy. I think you were too, Bill. He went off this weekend on the whole uh, Supreme Court decision. And then you get this WNBA basketball player. remember how upset Americans were like me that we traded a Russian arms dealer, a legitimate killer, for Brittany Griner, Houston WNBA basketball player. I wanted her home. I can't stand her but I wanted her home, but not for that. Now there's another black WNBA basketball player that came out yesterday and just trashed this country. How does that keep happening, Bill?
10: Yeah, that's uh, terrible, Sid. And I I will tell you this, you know, all of your support for the military. By the way, I know that you are in your heart and in your soul the way you conduct yourself uh, with your faith you know you're uh, we're Meshuggah, right? But we're also mashpuchka. <laughs> yes. Uh You 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 love everybody. Just don't don't uh, push the extremes, right? We don't right. like extremes of anything. But I know actually a soldier uh, whose family that we helped. Uh, you've helped us raise money. Uh, the great Bernard McGurk and you. Uh, whenever we talked about the intrepid fallen heroism. I have a soldier whose family lost their son because of that Russian operative that we released because this NBA player illegally took marijuana to Russia when she should not have. Uh, And now that guy is back out on the street and everybody thinks that that's totally fine. I don't think it's fine. You don't think it's fine. Everybody that listens to your show right now in New York that can hear your voice, Sid, they don't think that's fine. And I think. Uh, it's actually good that guys like me can talk to guys like you. Uh, it's guy talk, right? You, okay, I'm gay. You're straight. Uh, but, look, we're all Americans, and we have to stop this. We have to put an end to it. And I don't know how to do it, but I think you're on the right track talking about it because it's going to make people think. And then they're going to get involved to try to make a change.
7: Well, I hope so. And uh, certainly voting our friend Donald back into office in November of 2024 will help, too. Listen, enjoy the rest of your trip. When are you coming home?
10: Uh, coming, Coming home on the 18th. I'm sending you a plane on the 12th. Uh, you can bring Lou, you can bring Katzmatidis, you can bring <laughs> Curtis, we'll have a great time, okay. but don't bring Eric Adams, okay? Uh, <laughs>
7: I promise you I won't. I, love you, I love you too. Uh, have a great time there in that beautiful country. You're beautiful. We'll talk again very soon, Bill White. Great job. Thank you.
10: Thank you, sir. God bless America. I love you guys.
7: God bless you. Bill White, ladies and gentlemen, what a terrific guy, great guest, and that's our first guest of our Wednesday, July 5th show. We've only got eight more some big names coming your way including my man who's on this show every weekday at 705 because he's terrific curtis sliver so we wrap up our number one for back folks sitting friends in the morning good morning new york city
11: Handling legal matters is stressful.
0: friends in the morning for my friends Friends. 77 wabc
6: no sleep till
7: I was in Brooklyn a bunch the last couple of days, did China New Star on Flappish Avenue, the Aces Diner on Flappish Avenue, Told by a couple of friends' houses. I'm right there, right over the Marine Park, Gil Hodges Bridge, gets me into Brooklyn. That was the Beastie Boys, of course. At 7.06, as we start hour number two, after a tremendous hour number one. Got a very nice text, in fact, from John Katsimatidis, who loved the Bill White conversation. Big hour coming up, Curtis momentarily, the great actor Tony Darrow. And then uh, in Westchester this morning, Donald Trump's daughter-in-law, Laura Trump, all coming up this hour. But we do put this time aside every weekday morning for the man who gets great ratings noon to one every weekday afternoon, owns the overnights on the weekends, but admittedly, I think, does his best work right here, 7.05, every weekday morning, the great Curtis Sliwa. Happy
8: 4th, Curtis. Let me disagree with our owner-operator, John Kaczmatidis, great talk show host in his own right. Yeah. You started the program. I could see you didn't want to be here this week, you and Lou and <laughs> Justin. Right. I'm, I'm tuning in, right? I'm in the subway. You know, I'm listening on the iPhone, on the app. Yeah. And I hear Ray Charles. You're playing the theme song of a Mark Levin show. Is that true? Yes. Nobody knows that. Who listens to Mark yeah, Levin, no, he gets but the a point6 you, you mailed it in, and then you always tell the mailing truth. it in. You always <laughs> give us the truth. You yeah. said your darling wife, Danielle, by the way, props to her. She's doing a stealth investigation of Bill de Blasio, the corrupt one, while I and Nancy are doing the topside investigation. Yes. Uh, You said she bought you a pair of swimming trunks. No. You didn't mention that it was the rainbow stripe Prince speedo. No no, 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 no. Oh, yes, no, 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 you didn't no, no, mention no, no, no. that.
7: No, 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 it was just the American
8: flag. No, 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 no. it was not. It was, why was Why, why you lie like that? <laughs> <laughs> there are pictures of this because you wanted yeah. to show yeah. that you're gay-centric because Bill White was coming on. You yeah. want, in fact, Bill White even said in his interview, he goes, well, you know, I'm gay and you're straight. Little does he realize that Sid Rosenberg is going through a midlife crisis. <laughs> He's been in the hot tub with Anthony Corone in the Rockaways, the Irish, Riviera. don't lie, and you're going to an upcoming Mets game with Anthony Corone and my husband-in-law, former Governor David Patterson. That right? is all the true. The three of you, no women, no. all three men. All, uh,
7: that is all true. See, I'm also going to a Mets game on July 15th with Bill O'Reilly, Gable, and Laura Curran. You didn't mention that. But I have to tell you what happened. There was a big beach party. On 135, mm. my next-door neighbor, the hero firefighter Billy Felton, I love him, and his beautiful wife Jackie and their three kids, and my neighbor, of course, the street, Louis Gampero, the whole block. 135 is a big deal, Curtis. They must have had a 100 chairs out there on Saturday enjoying a big beach party July 4th. Blah, blah. And every man wore a DILF shirt, not dad I'd like to bang, but yes. something for freedom. Yes. And every guy wore bathing suits of the American flag. And I'm wearing like a blue bathing suit. So we had her run to the surf shop on 116th Street, and we bought a brand-new American flag bathing suit. But while I was there on 116, I saw a lot of folks that shouldn't be anywhere near a residential neighborhood. And I know that you've sent your guardian angels out there. Yep. I complained to Wiener this morning. I've complained to, uh, what is
8: her name, Joanne Ariola, Beach 116th, we got our it's guardian mess. angels It's a mess. It's a mess. But I would tell you, at that beach extravaganza, yeah. Where it was the ultimate McWhitey Whitey Fest <laughs> yeah, in the Irish Riviera. That's true. It would have behooved the mayor Eric Adams to begin his I Love White People tour <laughs> by coming out there. And showing solidarity after all the damage yeah. he's done I to race thought, relations.
7: I would have thought if the, you sat there as you do every morning and listen. The reason why you're such a great guest, besides your own material, is
8: that you actually listen. Most guests don't do that. excuse well, me. You, most of our hosts here and hostesses right. don't listen to WABC. Correct. They watch News Talk TV and get all cuts from that. Who the hell cares about 52 cuts from News Talk TV? This is talk radio. It's Agreed. different. 100%. So I would have thought from the first
7: hour you would have taken out what I started at 640, which was I am not talking to the mayor
8: again until he apologizes well, to me. Well, part two of Uh-oh. his Uh-oh. I Love White People tour was on Staten Island yesterday, the annual Travis Fourth of July parade. He used his GPS to find <laughs> Whitelandia, Staten Island. He was in the front of the parade. I show up with 50 guardian angels. I'm there every year. It's the greatest uh, Fourth of July parade, longest running in the nation. Is that right? Yeah. And I got to tell you, uh, these Republican friends of mine were glomming onto him, holding on to him. Eric, please love me. To her credit, the Congresswoman, Nicole Maliatakis, came up to me, talked to me. Uh, Sam Perizzola, who's the assemblyman, and the great Scott Libido, as you know, Libido. I like Scott. With the yeah. pizza, you yeah. know, the pizza. Yeah. The rest of the Republicans treated me like I was pariah. Did they not realize I won that borough? Meantime, they're hanging on to Eric Adams, who has just disparaged white people for like the past two weeks. But you know something? I can forgive, but I can never forget, Sid. But it was a great parade yesterday. The rain held off, and a lot of Sid Rosenberg uh, fans oh, and friends. Out on the island of I'm sure, but, but, but i got to go back to one person. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
7: And I don't want to do this because I like them.
8: You know, a lot of people
7: that you don't like, I do like. And that's okay. Yes. I still love you. I defend you. Yes. Uh, but there's one person who doesn't like you but loves me listens to this show every day. He'd be the type of guy to shun you and say hello to Eric Adams. Yes. And that's Joe
8: Borelli. That's yes. Oh, of course. He was hanging all <laughs> over him. Him and his tribe out. Oh, Eric Adams, you're the best. You're wonderful. Get out of here. Are you kidding? He can't find Staten Island without a GPS. But let's put that aside. You sent me a little taste. And by the way, I'm going to forgive you because you actually attacked. You viciously attacked, disparaged my sport, competitive hot dog eating, of which I finished third place in Nathan's famous 1996. That's not true. That is true. Check your record book. Was I've that when the little Japanese guy kept winning? No, uh, no, no, no. Uh, uh, well, or something? No, not Tosh. What was his name? <laughs> 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 that guy won a lot before uh, Joey Chestnut
7: did. Yamamoto, yeah. General Tojo, You right?
8: actually did this thing? I did. I finished third in 96, competed until 2001. How many hot dogs did you swallow? Uh, well, actually, only 16, and I cheated. What uh, do you mean? I put one in my pocket, another <laughs> one under the table, Everyone has a monitor who's supposed to watch you. And I was dancing and prancing up there. Ed Maspeth uh, from Maspeth Queens Cratchy was the Maspeth incinerator. He was a big deal. Right. He ate 25. Then you have uh, Mike DeVito, who is the scholar of hot dog eating. He lived in Manalapam, originally from Staten Island. He ate 20, and I ate 16. I finished third you got to keep it down for 10 minutes. They watch you. You have a little bump. you yeah, can't throw up. Right. And then Babita Hariani was our newswoman at the time. I said, Babita, we're going over to the Cyclone. She said, well, what are we going to do as a Cyclone? We're going to ride the <laughs> oh, Cyclone. Oh, no. i got to prove I'm the man's oh, man. Oh, no. Shit, I kept it down. You didn't protect out. I did not upchuck. I would upchuck on the Cyclone without even eating one hot dog. And now, 76-31, they cheat. You see, you should have had me as an You know who had me on yesterday while you were listening to WINS oh. wins? Rudy Giuliani, because he remembers me as a champion. He said, Curtis, be honest. Are they cheating? I said, hell yes. They have super enzymes embedded into their stomach. They're like a Pac-Man, Pac-Woman. <laughs> No, it's eats all the hot dogs you know, uh, before they go no, down the it, it, It's
7: interesting. I just don't
8: care. What well, I mean, do you mean? Don't care? Did you care about a uh, Maguire and Slim and Sammy yes, Sosa riding up? Okay, do. Yes. Did you want them banned from baseball? Absolutely not. They save the sport. Speaking no. of baseball, uh oh, uh oh, the great jazz commentary. Regular caller into the fan, right? Yes. I told many, you. Many times he called, oh, me. And, and, and they would cut him off, say, truncated. Not How me. I, I
7: kept him on for quite some time. I was always humbled. I'm, I, I go back with Chance calling me on the fan 25, 23 years ago. I
8: am going to Chas and I'm going to have a sit down. Why's that? Right there on Arthur Avenue, Belmont, surrounded by all the Genovese guys who at one time wanted to kill me, used to rip down the signs Giuliani for yeah, mayor yeah, because yeah. they were the 10% attacking. By the way, some of them still want to kill you. Not all yeah, of them, but true. some but of them. Some are like it a little now. better now. <laughs> yeah. uh, because of you, actually. because of <laughs> yes, you. But anyway, that's true. you're going to sit down, and I'm going to say, I need a mob scholarship for Sid Rosenberg. What do you mean? By See, the way,
7: you mentioned Chaz Palminteri about to talk about... Gravesend. Even though Chaz Palminteri, of course, is known for his brilliant work in *A Bronx Tale*, I will tell you folks that he plays Caesar, Caesar in *Gravesend*. He's out there with Vinny Pastorian and Tony
8: Darrow, who's calling in next, and he is great in *Gravesend*. When say, you yeah. mention *Bronx Tale*, slowly yeah. I turn, step by step. Oh, William DeFeo, great actor, great producer, great director. William, William DeFeo, right, DeFeo, was in. Bronxdale. Yes, Analyze he was. that. Yes, first kill, Soprano, Sammy the Bull. He played Sammy the Bull in the Gotti movie and once upon a time in Brooklyn. And you sent me just a little slice. He said, Enjoy the slice. And it was you and William DeMay. That's right. I actually I was standing I was leaning on a parking meter.
7: Just outside of Michael's of Brooklyn restaurant, talking about Brooklyn, Nostrand Avenue and Avenue R, he pulls up in the car, comes out to talk to me. Oh, and I
8: said at that moment, it's over. Shit. I mean, this guy is like a Hollywood Hall of Fame (laughs) guy, right? We're talking Oscar nomination. I I got
7: the white pants. I got the blue jacket.
8: yeah. You you were his equal. <laughs> you made the scene because just like Carrie Lake said here, girl from Iowa went on, almost became the governor of Arkansas, said they stole the Ale- election from uh, Arizona. A- yes. When she first saw you, she didn't know who you were. She said, oh, you look like a hitman she from did the say mob. That. She, I- actually, she actually signed her book when she left. Hey,
7: Sid, to my favorite New York City hitman, thank you. That's true. So, Carrie Lake, back this in Arizona, Arizona today. Today. I'm yeah. sitting
8: down with Chad's mom and Terry, whether it's <laughs> yeah. at his restaurant here in Manhattan, the one up in White Plains, or preferably Arthur Avenue, Belmont. We got to get you a mob scholarship. We got to get you into, like, Elise Straussberg, Stanislavski, Method Acting Class. Look, Pacino did that. All the great actors did that. I'm telling you, Sid. All you got to do is take a sabbatical for a year. Yeah. I'll speak with John Katsimatidis. I'll sure. say, John, this will be the greatest thing for WABC. I'll hold down the morning show. Let's sit perfect his craft. You, you and you will be doing so many movies, you'll barely have any time to do morning radio. Well, here's more uh, ammunition for you. I got
7: this from Armand Asante, legendary actor. Who's in the, the Gotti movie. Yes, in the Gotti movie. He plays a great role as the Philadelphia crime boss in Gravesend. He sent me this on Saturday morning. By the way, Sid, I know you're a legend in your radio industry, but suffice it to say, I've got my eyes out. I'd love to find something for you. If I haven't already written it, you're a wonderful actor. Stay brave, stay wild, unprovoked. Armand that. DeSante,
8: that's, that's, that's I'm, out I'm I'm done. I'm on, yeah. uh, DeSante. They all sent me
7: nice messages. So,
8: so Bo Beedle, and, and, and Tony Darrow. Look, when I looked at that uh, Gravesend, yeah. that guy Rocco, that guy who plays Rocco. Peter You know
7: Peter. Yeah, hell yeah.
8: Between him and obviously Chuck Zito, who I know personally... Would you want to meet them in a dark alley, <laughs> I would know this is it. I'm dead. You Mom, know, I lived a great life. I'm, you know, I'm also, coming it's such a to join tough you.
7: guy with those two guys because you're right. Those two specifically are very, very tough scary. guys.
8: They're scary, yeah, Steve,
7: Steve Moderano. Mm. he's in the Philadelphia family with uh, Armand Asante. He owns the very popular Moderano's restaurant, Oakland Park Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale.
8: He plays a tough guy in this, too, and he's a scary guy. Let me tell you something. Uh, you know I'm not afraid of anything. No. You put Chuck Cedar, <laughs> and that guy Rocko, he'll go to, <laughs> in an alleyway. I'm running. <laughs> I'm not fighting. I'm telling you. Uh, okay? They would squeeze uh, the
7: life out of me. So what were you more impressed with, uh, Curtis? Again, this is an amazing conversation. Yeah, yeah. Were you more impressed with my acting in Gravesend or or the text I sent to Justin Brennan, City Council, last night after he called your guy, Ari
8: Kagan, quote, of for you see what he's trying to do? He's trying to mooch you. He's trying to be, oh, I'm your very dear friend, going way back, how many years. Meantime, Justin Brennan is like supporter of the squad. The squad, the anti-Semites led by AOC, all out crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the socialist, who will be in Hunter's Point tomorrow night, 6 o'clock, for a town hall meeting. And guess who is going to be walking right in the middle of that beehive of negativity? You! Curtis Lee, yeah, You're baby. damn right. Now that won't be like that. Won't be like dealing with Chuck Sito and Rocco. I can tell you that. I said, "Socialist, <laughs> come and get me. You want a piece of me? Let's do it." But, you know, she holds these town hall meetings. And unlike Eric Adams, oh, I can't be insulted by white people. What do you think about the plantation? Yeah, yeah, damn slave owners. She actually stands and takes it from the left and the right. No, she does. She does. And and it's entertaining. So you know who's going to come up to the microphone. Get ready, AOC, all our crazy Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I am gonna smoke you, and it ain't gonna be weed that you wanna <laughs> give to every kid in the city. Well, you guys have never met before face to face. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. Puerto Rican Day Parade, oh, banner, sure. you know, yeah. let's bring all Boricquas together. She probably figured this McWhiley Whitey doesn't know, but everyone thinks I'm Puerto Rican. Silva, So I go up to shake her hand. Her and her crew ran away from me. They didn't want a photo op at that point. We're not gonna be with that fat just Curtis Sliwa, you know, that vigilante. <laughs> hey, El hey, oh, si, all crazy Alexander Ocasio-Cortez. I'm coming for you. Guess who's coming to the town hall meeting. Now, where is this tomorrow uh, This is in Hunter's Point. Well, okay. Right along the edge of the East River where all the hipsters and millennials live, you know, yes. Long Island City, you know, yeah. the old Pepsi-Cola sign right there. Oh, man. Let me tell you something. Ha! <laughs> Oh, look out, baby. Look out. See, that's great radio, right? (laughs) (laughs) Because we're proactive. Like, you're out in the (laughs) streets. You're in the neighborhood. I'm out in the streets. We're not doing news cuts. Oh, this was on the Fox News channel. This was on Newsmax. This was on MSN. Boring radio. And let me give a high five to Rudy Giuliani. He was on the radio. I'm listening. Coming back from the Travelers 4th of July, it didn't rain. It didn't rain out there. Proving it rained everywhere else, but not on the reddest of the red side in all of New York City. And Rudy is saying to Dr. Maria, we should get Curtis on because, you know, uh, the the hot dog contest is over. And Joey Chestnut just went, you rang. I called up and I broke it down to him <laughs> yeah. how he cheated his way to victory again.
7: You know, what's funny about Rudy, too, is you mentioned Gravesend. And I think Tony Darrow is calling up next. Early on, I mean, the first five minutes, episode one, season two, they uh, it starts in Miami on the lamb, the character, but they go back to Brooklyn, and the beautiful Sophia Milos is in her uh, her house in Bensonhurst, the Bay Ridge. And her daughter is played by Gabriella Palmentari, Chaz's daughter. Yes, yes, yes. she's wearing a Bishop Carney shirt. It's hilarious. Bishop Carney. They yeah. just
8: closed that. That used to be our sister's of course, school. Of, of course, Brass. I love the girls at Bishop Carney. Me Corny. too. And, oh god. And I was at Poly Prep. Uh, the, the only right. problem is they didn't use birth control. That was the problem. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you tell Jewish girls. I don't know about that. Yeah. Catholic
7: girls. So she's watching TV, and the guy that plays her husband on the show is a terrific guy. He's an actor named James Russo. I love the guy. And they're talking about him in, in jail. You know, in jail. And they go on to say, what a night for Rudy Giuliani. This is the TV portion yes, yes, of the book. Yes, yes, yes. He puts away all five crime bosses in all one five. night. So that was a fictional character, Jim Russo. The family name was fictional,
8: but we know that was real. Rudy actually did put away oh. all five bosses in one day. And there were 10% of the Italians who would never vote for him as a result. So never. There, there I am, Arthur Avenue, Rudy Giuliani's campaigning, 1992. Thank God Staten Island, Staten Italy came out in droves and elected Rudy Giuliani to save us. Yeah, and Arthur and Belmont, all the Genovese guys after Rudy left, they're pulling down his signs <laughs> and nobody's interfering. Yeah. Who walks up to the Bulls and said, you get your effing hands off those signs. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. It was high noon on Arthur Avenue. And when I sit down with Charles Palmentary to get you a mob scholarship, (laughs) like so many other great actors and actresses, I'm telling you, Sid, leave it to us. Leave it to the Supreme Cougines, the Italian Stallions. You're on your way to Hollywood, the Walk of Fame, you know. William DeMeo has given you that opportunity of a lifetime by appearing in the same scene with him. And he did not steal the scene from you. I'm telling you, in the words of Carrie Lake, from the heartland of America, Iowa to Arizona, you look like a hitman. You're on your way to Hollywood. Remember, remember us, Sid. Remember, you know, occasionally call in, do an interview when I'm doing the morning show. Thank you very much, Sid Rosenberg. I am going to promote this to the day I die. Sid Rosenberg, walking down the red carpet at the annual Academy Award Ceremony. Best Supporting Actor.
6: We come from
0: This is Sid and Friends in the morning What you say you just a friend you you my best friend 77 WABC oh, oh.
7: Ah, we come from Brooklyn, baby. Been great already with Bill White and Curtis Sleeve. we got a couple of great guests, more than a couple. Lara Trump, Donald Trump's daughter-in-law, Roger Stone, Peter King, all to come. But talking about Gravesend, I have to tell you, and um, I'm talking about it because you don't know this, because when I got up the air on Friday at 10 o'clock, even though I went to the red carpet premiere Thursday night, it was still not up for um, to watch season two of Gravesend. Well, now it is. It went up on Amazon Prime on Friday night. So now you can go to Amazon Prime and watch season two of Gravesend, something I've talked about a lot over the last couple of years because, quite frankly, it's something I'm proud of. I've been the best radio guy in the business for a long time, a long time. Some of you are just figuring that out. That's on you. But uh, acting is brand new to me, brand new, and to show up. At a restaurant and see people like Chaz Palmentari and Vinny Pastori and Armand DeSante and Bo Deedle and Chuck Zito and uh, Tony Darrow is uh, just unbelievable. And then to sit home with Danielle and Gabe on my big screen TV this weekend and watch it, watch it on TV. I was like, Oh my God, that's me. And now I didn't think I was all that great to be honest, but what do I know? I've already read to you twice what Armand DeSante sent me. Chaz Terry sent me a beautiful unprovoked note, so did Bo Deedle, so did a bunch of others. But I must tell you that Tony Darrow, who's one of my all-time favorites, he's a great entertainer, in fact, did a show at the Cutting Room just a couple of weeks ago and was great. He's a great actor, great singer, great performer. He sent me a text and I almost cried. And with that said, he does some great scenes, specifically with Chaz Terry and... Vinny Pastori, who, of course, played Big Pussy and Sopranos out on Long Island. The three of them together are great. So without further ado, here he is. dear a friend of mine, great actor, great entertainer, Tony Darrow. Good morning, Tony, buddy. How are you? No, Sydney.
12: What's Mox there. What's there, Tony. How are you, pal? You know, I'm a boy, but I got to get a shit <laughs> And let me tell you something. Yeah, because yeah, that's how I started in the Catskill Mountains, performing. But... And I'm not blowing smoke anyway. I just want to tell you, kid, when I, you came on the screen, I said, that's it. You know, because there's like about four or five bald guys, and most <laughs> of them look alike in that show. But when you come out, I, I, I how can I say this without make sound like I'm overblowing it? But you, you were laid back. You, you had a walk that wasn't put on. When people talked, you, you looked at whoever was talking, but you didn't jump. Uh, your eyeballs at them like some actors do, and they didn't respond with stupid facial uh, expressions. You were just really natural. You were in the moment, and 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 it struck me, and I said. This freaking guy, I don't want to say the other word, It's really good. I mean, and I, got, I couldn't wait for you to come back on the screen. And I was so glad to see you. What were you in, about five, six episodes? Yeah,
7: I was in, uh, of the nine, I was in five. Not that I counted, Tony, but I'm in episodes one, two, five, six, and nine.
12: No, you didn't, no, you didn't count. <laughs> <laughs> but but, but Sid, <laughs> I'm telling you something now. If if you ever stop doing that or while you're doing what you're doing, because you are great, you should do some acting. And uh, listen, we're, we're going to do a couple of projects, too, my friends and I. Uh, my cousin Paul is going to be on Paul Borghese. He'll be on uh, later today, I yes. think, at 930 yes. with you. Him and I are producing three films right now. so. You're definitely going to be in oh. it. I promise you. Well, listen. I, I, so, I
7: remember what I said to you. I called you on the way to dinner on Saturday, and you know Danielle saw uh-huh. me. I got pretty emotional, Tony. I'm surprised, but I got really emotional when you called me. I'm like, and, and texted me. I said, "Oh my God, this, this is Tony Darrow." Like I looked after Tony Darrow for forty years, forty years, <laughs> and he's sending me a text. You could actually act. I, I gotta say, I mean this. I was well, I was blown away, Tony. And I, I love you, well, and I, I would, really appreciate I would, it. I
12: would I wouldn't say it if I didn't mean it, and I, I wouldn't call you if I didn't, wasn't because uh, people that know me know I'm street, and I'm also uh, honest. I don't I don't I, I don't back up, and I say how I feel.
7: Well, oh, thank you. And I'm I got to tell you, talking about me, out. your scenes, all of them. You, Vinny, and Chaz there on the island, and and the meeting. Three of you, then uh, at one point, Willie comes to meet with you guys. My God, the three well, you're all legends, you're all legends, but the three of you, you together be a lot
12: more in the third season. Too, I know, and I want to tell you something. Uh, and again, that kid Willie produced, directed, wrote it, raised the money, and started it. And whatever people say, it's fantastic because how many people are doing what this kid has done all by himself with no help? He raises the money. The backers believe in him, and he's going to do a third season. It's terrific. He's got a little help with a girl named Michelle. She really helps him a lot. Yes. God bless her. She's an angel. She is great. And
7: And, uh, and, uh, listen, you're right. Season three, we're going to start filming now. We're going to go back to Sunny Isles. where We filmed uh, that epic uh, scene in uh, episode two with Andrew Dice Clay on the tennis court. That's a great scene. And we're going to go back to Sunny Isles and and then come back
12: home. Dice Clay was terrific. Yeah. Yeah, Dice was great. Uh, I can't wait. And whatever I do, I'm, I swear I'm going to put you in it because you're, you. not, you're an asset. You really do oh, a, a good thank job. You. Thank but you. But don't, don't get crazy because I'll have you killed. <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> Tony, you're the best. You know, I, I said, said, Why Said Why do Jewish men
7: watch porno movies backwards? Why do Jewish men watch porno movies backwards? Why is that, Tony? So they could see the hooker giving the money back. <laughs> You did work in the Catskills. That's like the old one. Why did Jewish men die first? Because they want to. I mean, that is that is yeah, that is absolute. That is I can see Tony right now on stage at the Concord, Grossinger, Stevensville, the Nevelly, Kutcher's—all those places, right?
12: Yes, that's how I started. I had a house up there first. I used to sleep at the hotels, and then working six, seven nights a week, you can. I had to get a house, so I got a house in Chimichurri. And I used to work six, seven nights a week, and I learned from all the top comics, and that's how I started doing comedy. I only sang. And I worked for Buddy Hackett. I opened for oh. Don Rickles, oh. Foster Brooks, Jackie oh. Green, Dom DeLuise. Oh. I did all that, and then I started doing my comedy and singing, and I had my own room. At the Stardust Hotel in Vegas, and at the Claridge in Atlantic City. So, wow! I, went, I I've done a lot. Yeah. yeah, you've
7: done a lot. You're, you're brilliant. You're really and I got to tell you, as Mike Sullivan says, "Hello." I uh, know how old you are. I must tell you, and I mean this: you look twenty years, maybe thirty younger than you actually are so you're a great looking guy well, I, well
12: i'll fight if you want to fight i'll fight you too I don't no know no listen cry. tony
7: i love you to pieces and i thank you for the text but i'll kick the crap out of you are you nuts i'll leave you You want to know
12: something else you know how i started <laughs> i started at the Copa Cabana. did you really that was my first job as the production singer. you know the girls dance around you with the big hats oh, on yeah. and the things oh yeah and i would sing like Thank heavens for little girls, little (laughs) girls. And and they fly all around me. And that's how I started. And up in the lounge after the Copa Copa Lounge, it was all tough guys up there. And I woke up there one day, and there's a big fat guy sitting in the back. He had his shirt all the way open. He had a big chain around the neck. It said JoJo. He had a bracelet. It said JoJo. He had a belt buckle. It said JoJo. He had a ring. It said JoJo. So I went up. I wanted to be nice. say, JoJo, how you doing? He said, shut up. Nobody knows I'm here. (laughs)
7: Oh, that's great. <laughs> no. Oh, that's a, that is a well-delivered line right there, Tony. God, I love you. Thanks, well, listen, pal. thank you very you much too. for uh, calling in and the text and all that. And I can't wait to uh, do Season 3 with you and see you again. And you're, you're a great friend and a wonderful and I promise entertainer. I you,
12: you could, I'm saying it on the air. When we do our thing, my, my cousin Paul and I, you're in.
7: Thank you. I love you. I appreciate okay. that. I do. I look forward to it, Tony. Darrell, thank you so much.
12: God bless, pal.
7: God bless right. you. I want to... I tell you, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm compelling. Uh, Tony Darrow. You guys, it uh, doesn't get bigger. You, you heard his career, what he's done.
2: I, I know what he's done. And he's calling me,
7: Louis. He's calling me, Louis. Uh, you understand that's Tony Darrow. Uh,
2: well, I'm oh going to hear about it for days. No, you're Some not. Days. Yes, I am. All
7: right, fine. A couple of days. Just it's get a, over it. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. I don't uh, think. <laughs> 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 Lara oh, Trump is all uh, all coming needed. up. Next. Is that oh my uh, god! Uh, could we press an interview all day long, please?
0: Shark Radio seventy-seven WABC.
4: We appointed nearly 300 federal judges and three great Supreme Court justices. And this week, those justices ruled to move our country forward with a merit-based system of education. How big is that? Isn't that big? Isn't that great? In other words, if you're a worker and you work very hard in school, you got fantastic marks, somebody that hasn't done nearly as well, who perhaps has not worked nearly as hard, will not be taking your place on a school, college, or at a university. They're not going to be. We're going by merit. We're back to the old merit system that built our country. That was a big one. When I think about
6: those nights in Montreal, I get the sweetest thought.
7: Louis knows I was back in the car this weekend listening to Yacht Rock Radio. This is the Gino Vanelli classic. I just want to stop. Something about this guy, this song. I don't know it. I find it sexy. I, I I can't explain it, but
2: probably shouldn't say that with the whole, no. no, but makes. Should go change, you know, cancel your sex change operation. Stop. It's it Gino Vanelli. Okay, it's Gino Vanelli. Come on. It. Yeah, he's it. Italian, like Tony Darrow. Yeah. yeah. He's, a, he's in the Gravesend cast, I think. I no, I think he is. No. No. No, no, no,
7: no. There's President Trump in South Carolina talking about this Supreme Court decision, which um, I got to play this audio from Stephen A. Smith. What a jackass. I'll play that at 8 o'clock. And then this Jamel Hill, how does she still have a job? She's a racist. She's a racist. Do you understand that? and she's out there writing the story in the post accuses Asians of carrying the water for white supremacy for backing the affirmative action decision carrying the water Asians the hardest working maybe the most successful community we've got this jamel hill is poison with all that said here she is the best trump of all i mean it i think gilfoyle's mad at me i really do i don't care uh Donald Trump's <laughs> I swear to God, Lara, I know Donald Trump's daughter in law, Larry Trump. She used to be so nice to me. Now she's like so flippant. I don't know. I think she knows you and I are tight, so whatever.
11: Well maybe you should segue into her uh with like starting with a sexy song like that. I mean, I will take it. You know, I've had worse. <laughs> you Sometimes do shows before, ad- so that's ad- all right.
7: Admit it, you love Gino Vanelli, yes?
11: I mean, who doesn't? It's <laughs> it's you know.
7: Come on. I did see a great family picture of you and Eric. And one of your children, maybe more, in Westchester yesterday. Yes.
11: Oh yeah. Well, that, both of my kids were there. You could only see one of their faces because, of course, we took the photo right when the sun was glaring directly in everyone's eyes, and I was like, "Keep your eyes open," but you can only do so much, Sid. <laughs> well, I know. And so yeah, we got we got a couple of faces. I think my son is covering his face because the sun is in his eyes. But yes, we had a lovely Fourth of July as a family. Happy birthday to America! What a great day.
7: Yeah, you're right. Before I get to this, uh, Scottis decision. Uh, people that don't know, Lara, of course, Eric, uh, New Yorkers, they have since moved down to uh, sunny South Florida. And we've had these discussions before. And quite frankly, the folks here in New York, the mayors, the governors, they're not nice to your father-in-law. They're not nice. And I, I could see why he would never come back here, even though he's still legendary in this town, in New York City. So when you come back, what's the first thing you think? Is it, wow, it's nice to be back, or I can't wait to go home? Back to Florida. <laughs>
11: I mean, we still we still, of course, have a have a home in New York and New York will always be part of all of us that. I mean, you just said it. Donald Trump is a legend in New York. He built the New York City skyline. And so he is so intertwined with the city. It's such a juxtaposition, I think, for all of us at this point to to like associate Donald Trump directly with New York City and New York. And then somehow people here, you know, have such a, a, a disdain for him in some horrible way. Um, But we love it in both places, to be honest with you. I will say the weather has been much cooler in New York than it probably has been in Florida for the summer. So my dogs are happy. Hmm. I'm very pleased with that. And and truly, we've gotten a very warm reception since we came back to New York.
7: No, I'm sure you do. I mean, again, very anecdotal. I know the numbers don't go in my favor. But everybody I know in every borough, every borough, Lara, loves Donald Trump loves you and wants to see your father-in-law back in the White House. And I did play his cut about the decision last week. And I wish that our society did that with everything, not just admissions into colleges. But, you know, like I can't stand the Rooney rule in the NFL where you have to hire a black coach. I mean, if the guy's Tony Dungy, great. If not, so what? Or Hollywood these days where you have to have a black person on set or a gay person on set. I can't stand we become a nation of quotas and honestly, that's not the way to go. This decision, I thought, was great. Your thoughts?
11: Oh, absolutely. I mean, anyone, I, you'd be hard-pressed, I think, to truly have two people debate this topic and have someone try to argue that the best way to to move a society forward, a country forward, to allow people to achieve what they are you know, poised to achieve, to excel in life, is to give them something they didn't earn you know the the value and the pride in a hard day's work i feel we are losing in so many ways as a society and you look at decisions like this it reminds us why we have to work hard that if you study more if you are able to to do better on a test which you know they're getting rid of uh, you know testing and and all these different scoring systems altogether because they think it somehow helps our future generation of course it does not merit-based systems work that encourages people to work harder and so yes i think this was a great decision and it was the least racist decision by the way this all started you talk about you know that the that that apparently asians are, are holding the water for white supremacy i mean how ridiculous a notion but There were so many um, Asians who had much higher test scores who were not admitted to so many of these universities and said, wait a minute, what is going on here? How is this possible that we check all the boxes, all the scoring, all the things that you would need to to be admitted to to a university like this? And then they were not. And so I think so many people see this and, and they understand that at the end of the day, this ruling was something positive. I hope it encourages people to work harder. And we should never want to just hand something out to someone based on how they look. And you don't have to look very far to see why it doesn't work. Look at our vice president of the United States, Kamala Harris, who Joe Biden and all the Democrats were happy to tell us they only wanted as the vice president solely based on how she looks. It's yeah. ridiculous.
7: Yeah, she's black and a woman. She checks a lot of boxes. She also checks a third box. It says moron. Uh, Larry Trump. <laughs> <laughs> your first well, of the way, day. Can,
11: I, can I just say also, you know, as a woman, this is our first female vice president. And as much as, as I wanted another vice president in there, I think we all know, there was an opportunity that she had here. But she blew it for all of us as women. And I'll tell you what, as a woman, do not ever give me a job, a title, a position, an award, anything yeah. that I did not earn. You give me that position because I am the best person for that job period, and what an embarrassment she is. She
7: is, but I don't think she's ruined it for women. I mean, she she is awful. She's the worst vice president in the history of this country, and, and Joe may be the worst president. But, for example, when your father wins, not if, when he wins... The Republican primary, and it comes time to pick somebody. I just had Carrie Lake in studio here last week out of Arizona. Absolutely. Loved her. She was here for an hour. Uh, I speak to Nancy May. She's had her differences with your father in law, but she loves him out in South Carolina. There's a lot of very impressive females that I think would be great choices for Donald Trump when, in fact, that day comes.
11: Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And the great news is that you know with Donald Trump that he will choose someone to be his vice presidential running mate, who is the best person for that job, who he believes can do the best for this country. And maybe it is a woman, and maybe it is a person of color, maybe it is these things, but that should not be the number one priority, of Great. course, when you are choosing Someone of
7: that caliber. All right, and it turns out Mike Pence is a backstabbing son of a bitch. He really is, but but he was a pretty good vice president for a couple of years there. And he's not black. He's not a woman. He's none of that. He's just a white guy from Indiana. But uh, Laura Trump does a great podcast. I mean, it's great. It's called The Right View. She's got great guests, and as you hear with me, she's funny. She's glib. She's smart. She's terrific, folks. Check it out, The Right View with the Larry Trump. You know, you mentioned you enjoyed the July fourth holiday yesterday with Eric and the kids, and so did I. And you know, I watched the the fireworks and I'm gonna be honest, at one point watching fireworks over the weekend, I felt myself feeling a little solemn. I did. And introspective. And when I talked to myself, which I do often I'm not crazy, I figured out that I'm so down on this administration, I'm so down on my city and my state between Adams and Hochul. I'm so down on how I know leaders around the world feel about us right now, that even though I still love this country and I still think we're the best, despite Biden's best uh, plan to destroy that, we're still the best. But I really felt like we could be a heck of a lot better. So I didn't really enjoy it as much as I should. Is that fair?
11: Yeah, and it's a shame. And I think a lot of people feel that way. And, and what a sad spot to find ourselves in in the United States of America in 2023. I mean, in, in the grand scheme of things, we are a relatively young country, and look how much we have achieved in our, you know, time. It, it's kind of amazing to see, and, and yet you see so many people dumping on this country, saying that we're a racist country, saying we're a horrible country. We need to start over. Let's get rid of it all. There is no better place in the world that would provide more opportunity, where you can go and you can be anything you want to be if you work hard, if you are willing to put in the time and the effort. And it's really sad that people are feeling this way. But I think people, unfortunately, said, are pessimistic because, quite frankly, there is no end in sight right now. We know that even if we make it to 2024, and God willing, we get Donald Trump back in the white house to turn things around man does he have a hole to dig us out of we've got a lot of work (laughs) to do just to get ourselves back to some equilibrium of some variety but i believe our best days are still ahead of us i know my father-in-law does as well there are far more people who love this country and want to see us succeed than on the other side of things and so i think look july 4th america's birthday happy birthday to america let's hope that two years from now we can really celebrate because we are really on a path to bring this country back and to, you know, get our footing on the world stage again and really see the best and brightest days ahead of us.
7: Well said. That was perfect. And uh, with all the work that has to be done, uh, we need the guy that will get, get us uh, out there quickly, and that's your father-in-law. He will get it done very, very quickly. By the way, before I hang up here, Laura, you have been killing it in the gym. I do follow you on Instagram and Facebook.
0: <laughs> you're like an animal. Look at you, huh?
11: You're, 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 oh, my oh, my god! Good stuff. Yeah, well. It's, you know what? I never wanted to post those videos, and my husband was always like, everyone always asks me, when are you posting another workout video? I was like, okay, I'll post another <laughs> workout video. I try. That's great. You know, whenever we're hanging out in the gym together, said I'll be there. Oh,
7: uh, listen, it's great. It's very inspirational. I'm not going to lie. I look at it. I go to the gym. I'm like, hey, here I go, like Larry Trump today. Here I go. Oh. Uh, you look great, and uh, you sound great. And, again, folks should check out your podcast, The Right View. It is terrific. And as always, Larry Trump, the day after our country's birthday, thank you so much. For hopping on today. Give my best to your father-in-law. We'll do it again very, very soon. Thank you so much.
11: You got it. Thanks, Ed. You're the best. Laura
7: Trump. And I did get a text, mind you, from Vinny Madugno. The great Vinnie Madugno. I love that kid. I love him. Is he on Saturday and Sunday now, both days? Well, he should be if he's not, anyway. That's a really good question. No, that he is. Either way, he goes, Gino Vanelli, my old man ass, was getting into the groove so wherever you are right now, Vinnie Madunio, get
6: naked.
0: This is Sit and Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative.
6: Ooh, you're my best
0: 77 WABC.
6: There's the birthday boy, John Sterling, 85 and loving it. Thriving at 85.
0: Up the belt. Now the 3-2 swung on. A pop foul back here.
6: Ow. Ow. Ow.
0: It really hit me. I didn't know it was coming back that far. So once again, it'll be a 3-2.
7: John Sterling, happy birthday to John. I didn't know John was born the same day as our country was. John's almost as old as the country. John turned 85 yesterday, the great voice of the Yankees on WFAN radio, along with Susan Waldman. Happy birthday, John Sterling. I'm going to play this, talking about sports, Stephen A. Smith, who I like uh, most days, and some days he's just a racist jackass. He just is. Talented guy, makes a lot of money. I think only Pat McAfee makes more to ESPN than Stephen A. Smith does. But uh, every now and then, they, you know, he shows he shows his true colors. Like the mayor has done a lot lately. A lot. So we'll play that uh, coming up later. We're also going to talk to Peter King and the great writer, director, producer, and actor, Paul Borghese. Larry Trump was just terrific, wasn't she? God, I love her. I got to tell you, when I approached uh, Darren, Liz Pipko's husband, months ago and said, Lara every two weeks would be great. I didn't think it was going to happen, but it happens. Every two weeks, like clockwork. And, of course, her father-in-law was on about a month ago. He'll be back in the next two weeks. I'm waiting on Sergio Gore with the exact date for that. But uh, my guest right now, this guy's doing a terrific job. i got to tell you, they gave him an extra hour because he's doing so well on Sundays so last Sunday was a blockbuster day here because you had Andrew Giuliani from 2 to 3, you had Trump on, and then you had Roger Stone from 3 to 5. I've always liked Roger Stone, always liked him. And uh, now he's got two hours on Sunday, uh, part of our weekend lineup. And here he is making his second visit to this program, the aforementioned Roger Stone. Roger, good morning, buddy. How are you?
13: Sid, always great to be with you. Always Same here. Great.
7: Thank you very much. Thank you. And uh, a lot of Joe Biden stuff in the news today. I want to start with something that just happened, which is the White House now has been told to stay away from social media companies because a judge determined that the White House made sure that Facebook and Twitter and all these social media spots did not run the stories on Hunter Biden. They censored and now the judge is saying, White House, you got to stay away from these social media sites. That's a big deal against Joe Biden, no? Well,
13: I'll talk about closing the barn door after the horse has already escaped. Right. Yes. Right. Uh, in other words, look, we know that, uh, that Anthony Blinken, our current Secretary of State, he's the guy who went out and, ran, uh, and rounded up 51 current and former intelligence officers co-signed a letter claiming that Hunter Biden's laptop was a pagazzi that it was Russian disinformation. Just in time for the election, just to give Joe a talking point in the final debate with Donald Trump, uh, polls after the, the election show 17% of the people say had they known about Hunter and what Hunter was up to, they would have voted differently. But, of course, they didn't know. So while this may be good news for 2024, Unfortunately, we're stuck with this chadrool in the White House now, whether we like it or not. I love it. Uh,
7: those are two great. <laughs> Roger Stone from downtown. I like it. Uh, you're right. You're right. It's a bit late, but uh, we'll take uh, victories. I guess it's better than never. But talking about Biden and his run, I think people are starting to figure it out. Democrats, a few independents, certainly, and Republicans we hate as gods. And there's a guy running against him named RFK Jr., And I haven't had him on yet, Roger. I know you have. Frank Marano has. I played a lot of his clips. Uh, O'Reilly and I had a long discussion about RFK a couple of days ago. He's still at about 20%. He's still a good 35 points behind Biden. So he's not really a legitimate competitor yet. But who knows? He's in second, and he does speak to a lot of people. He's a Democrat, but he says a lot of things that I even like. What are your thoughts on RFK? And do you think Biden is starting to lose sleep over this guy?
13: Uh, he hasn't yet, but he w- but he should. In other words, I- I'm very impressed. Look, I'm 100% for Donald Trump. Everyone knows that. Uh, on the other hand, Don- Don- I like the idea of a bipartisan national unity ticket. Uh, we're extraordinary times in the country. We do need people to- leaders who will bring us together rather than divide us apart. So the idea of Trump-Kennedy is intriguing to me. Oh,
7: let me stop you right it there. Happens. Let me stop you right there. It is intriguing to me, too. And it's brilliant. I mean, it would be easy to pick Carrie Lake, like I just mentioned, or Tim Scott or Nancy Mace. What you're talking about is brilliant because now he gets his base, he gets independents and Democrats as well. My question is, while it's intriguing to Roger Stone, you know Donald Trump as well as anybody. Is it at all realistic?
13: Well, the real question, Sid, is is it realistic today or will it be realistic next August when both men would have to make a decision? As of today, I don't think Robert Kennedy would consider it. In fact, he said that he wouldn't. And I don't think Donald Trump has it in mind based on everything I know. But that's today. Uh, In the meantime, late Friday, I don't know if you saw this. This just blows my mind. The Biden administration announced that they're going to keep a number of the documents regarding the assassination of, of Robert Kennedy's uncle, John Kennedy, sealed forever. Yes. Uh, And Robert Kennedy was, I think, very strong in his denunciation of this. Uh, Let me get this straight. The reason they give us is, quote, national security reasons. But the Warren Commission tells us that there was no international involvement in John Kennedy's death, tells us there were no foreign actors involved. In 1976, the Congress passed a law that mandated the release of all these documents. Said It's been 60 years. Sixty years. Methods and sources. There's nobody involved in the JFK assassination. who's still alive. They just do not want the American people to know what happened. It's an outrage. And for him to say, well, these documents will be out of uh, it will be sealed forever. I think the next president might have a different idea. Well, let me ask you
7: two questions about this. Again, this is the great Roger Stone. He does a tremendous show. In fact, we gave him a second hour on Sundays. He's now won three to five because he's so good. Uh, Let's start with question number one. What would be Biden's motivation to keep them sealed?
13: I think this is 100% the CIA. Donald Trump told me when the deadline came during his administration, he released tens of thousands of documents, but at the last minute, Mike Pompeo of the CIA. I'm not even sure that guy's really Italian. Anyway, Mike Pompeo (laughs) of the CIA. uh, At the last minute, convinced the president that some of them should be uh, held back for, quote-unquote, further review. Well, in bureaucratic talk, that means never. Uh, And now the the decision moves to Biden. Several weeks ago, Biden announced that he, too, would release material. And he did release some material, but it's mostly innocuous. What everybody wants to see, what Robert Kennedy says he believes, Robert Kennedy Jr. says he believes, which I believe, is the Central Intelligence Agency – the Secret Service, the FBI, Vice President Lyndon Baines Johnson—all of these people are complicit, yep. and that is what they're hiding.
7: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I, I agree with Biden that too. I agree with that too. My question then becomes: and the,
13: mob, and the mob?
7: Yeah, and the mob too. Of course. I mean, listen, Kennedy—God rest his soul—handsome man, charismatic, all those things. But this guy nearly got—he nearly got us destroyed by Cuba. He's in bed with Sanji and Como. He's banging chicks every night in the Oval Office. He may have killed with his brother. Maybe alleged. Marilyn Monroe, this guy was a mess. I'm sorry, he was a mess. But I will ask you about uh, Lee Harvey Oswald then. So you think he did it, but he was just working for the CIA? But well, what, is, what is your theory on all
13: that? Uh, I think he did not do it. What does he say when they bring him out in public? I'm a patsy. I didn't shoot anyone. He says, here's the simple point. If he shot somebody, why are there no nitrate burns on his chest or his hands? Right. He has a leaky car- $29 Carcano Italian Army carbine. But he supposedly shot somebody that day, but the, but the test shows that there, there are no gunpowder marks on his chest or his arms. No, I think he was set up. In fact, this Sunday, Judith Very Baker, who the Warren Commission identifies as Lee Harvey Oswald's mistress, is going to be on my show to address exactly this point. Wow. Three o'clock, right here at WABC. Uh, what time will that be, Roger? Three o'clock. Eastern, three o'clock Eastern on WABC. No, I know you're on no. at three.
7: No, I know you're on at three. Is she at the very top of the show?
13: I'm, I'm trying to put her at the top. Okay. Yeah, gotcha.
7: Awesome. Roger Stone, three to five every Sunday. Roger's great. You hear him right here, right now. A uh, fascinating conversation here about RFK. Spoke a bit about uh, Joe Biden. Yesterday uh, was the 4th of July, Roger, and I just admitted to Larry Trump, uh, your friend Donald's daughter-in-law, that, um, while I enjoyed the fireworks and I love this country and I still think despite Biden being the worst president ever, I still think we're the best country in the world. But my excitement this weekend was met with a little solemn. I was solemn because uh, I, my city's a mess, my state's a mess, my country's a mess, and I need Trump back. Did you feel the same way? Did you feel good and bad during yesterday's holiday?
13: Well, I felt good because, uh, you know, one more year we get to celebrate our freedoms. I felt badly because I, I see our freedom slowly being taken away. Now, this Supreme Court decision that you opened the show with, while it's a very good sign, uh, you know, I'm still not convinced that we're going to have an honest, fair, uh, transparent, honest election in 2024. We have a lot of questions about anomalies and irregularities in the last one. I'm not making any specific claim because I'm not an expert on this. But in all honesty, we need to have a system in place to ensure that our next election really reflects the will of the people.
7: I agree, and I've had so many friends, Roger, say to me, I want to vote for Trump, but what good is it? He's not going to win anyway. And, you know, the last thing we could afford to have in 2024, I know we had 71 million votes last time, but it's a low Republican turnout because they believe their votes don't count. So I guess uh, the question is, I know you're not an expert on
13: this, but how do we fix it? What do we do? Well, there's so many imponderables, though, Sid. Are we going to be in World War III by then? What Maybe what happens? What happens in, what happens in <laughs> Ukraine? Right. What, what will gasoline prices be a year from now? They're pretty bad where I am now. I don't know about you. Uh, we're going to have a continuation of the epic inflation that we've had. Will the Chinese have gone into Taiwan by then? I mean. <laughs> Mm. It's, you know, in, in yeah. politics a, a week is a lifetime <laughs> never mind uh, You're right. a year
7: well before i hang up this is such a great conversation i want to get your thoughts on the ukraine uh, i've been on the record for a long time and my late partner bernard mcgurk got rest his soul we're not for this you know we want the russians and ukrainians to figure it out billions and billions and billions of dollars uh putin doesn't care we're not stopping putin from doing anything in fact If Putin, and he is losing this war, we know that, but if Putin doesn't win, it's because he beats himself. It's not because of us. I'd like to see us get out. When people say six billion is not a lot of money, let me tell you something. I looked at what infrastructure costs, education costs. Six billion, Roger, goes a long way. And we spent over a hundred billion on this war already. What are Roger Stone's thoughts on Ukraine, Russia?
13: Well, I had General Michael Flynn on my WABC show, not last weekend, but the weekend before that. He would challenge the idea that the Russians are losing. Uh, he thinks what we get is a lot of war propaganda. I love the New York Post, but if you believe them, uh, you know, the Ukrainians are kicking the daylights out of the Russians. No general, no military guy I know, and I know a lot of them, retired and some active, believe that that is the case. So uh, what's really disturbing is there are no peace talks even going on. No. They're not even at the table. In fact, we we now know that the Ukrainians and the Russians had two tentative peace peace agreements that would have stopped the killing, but they were both nixed by Joe Biden's State Department. This is where I really think this is Donald Trump's potential strong suit issue. He is the one guy who has the credibility. He cut off the Russian pipeline. He's the guy who gave offensive missiles uh, to the Ukrainians. He knows everybody involved. I really think, and he's a deal maker. Let's face it, he's a deal maker. I honestly think he says he could end this war in 24 hours. Okay, that may be an exaggeration. I'll give him 48. I think, he can do, I think he can do
7: it. I'm with you. I agree. Hey, you're great. You are, and uh, your, shun, uh, your Sunday show is great again. Three to five, right after Andrew every Sunday afternoon. Thank you very much, Roger, for coming on today. Continued success. We'll do it again very soon, buddy. I'll be listening Sunday. Thank you so much.
13: It's great to be here. Many thanks. You too. That's the great
7: Roger Stone. He is terrific, folks. Check him out. Three to five every Sunday afternoon as we continue to provide amazing weekend shows. Whether it's Roger Stone, Rudy Giuliani, Andrew Giuliani, or these folks, or the music. You know, Jean, uh, Jeanine Piero, of course, or the music. They're all terrific. Cousin Brucey, Tony Orlando, Joe Piscopo, Vinny Madugno. That's an excellent job by John Katzamitidis and uh, Margot and Chad Lopez as well. Roger Stone. On this Wednesday morning, still lots more to do. Noam's Nuggets, Peter King, and a nice conversation next hour with Paul Borghese, one of the actors, directors, producers, terrific actor himself from Gravesend. All that and more Wednesday with me, Sid. Keep it right here.
0: sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. (laughs)
7: And he wants a new drug. <laughs> Somebody asked me just last week if I miss drugs. I'm like, oh, God, no. No, I don't miss drugs. I'm miserable. And Justin does enough for me and him these days anyway, so.
3: What do we, we, haven't we discussed Oh, I this? can't
7: even imagine how many, oh, you're right, your mom is listening. Ha! But you must have done a ton of that may be your blow at
3: the White House. I, I don't even know. very well behaved. Did you go to
7: Washington, D.C. this weekend? No. Well, wherever you were, I'm sure you got high as a kite.
3: I was fine. I was very well behaved. I kept it all together. Don't <laughs> worry
7: about mean. <laughs> no, well, I know you keep it all together. I'm being completely serious. Much yeah. better than I was. Because, no, I'm serious. Because when I text you, which I believe was every day this weekend, all yeah. four days, yeah. about upcoming guests, you always get right back to me. Yeah. Me, I just... I was gone, but I was off the radar for five or six days. Well, know.
3: I couldn't imagine the repercussions if I didn't get right back. Well, no, then we'd have issues, yes. right? Right, exactly.
7: Right. Yes. Well, but you—you—you're good. I mean, you—you you know, you're able to do stuff. Like Bernie was like that. You know, Bernie would turn a pair of sunglasses and come to work and get through the day. Mm. I couldn't do mm. it. Like mm. that. I just couldn't do it. There were some I,
2: days though. <laughs>
7: oh, I know he wasn't all that good. I know.
2: No, there were some uh, mornings when either one of us could come in hungover.
7: Oh yeah, bad. yeah. There a lot of mornings. What do you mean some? Well. Both of you guys were—I mean—drunks, <laughs> no, and yeah, he I just mean, did more drugs than you, Bernie. That's all
2: he—he he did. Yes, but I, I was relaying a story to Justin last week about one of Bernard's really bad mornings, <laughs> <laughs> really bad.
7: Yeah, which one was I there at was the time? When,
3: that was the morning,
2: somebody died, right? No, it was a debate that we oh, were right, having. Right. It was—I don't know who else, but Al. Was I on the show at that? No, point? I don't think so. It was before you, Al Rosenberg, Al D'Amato. Oh. It was a huge station thing. That oh, I wasn't there. Imus okay. was yeah. moderating it, Oof. a debate, and yeah. he overslept. Wow! By a lot. By a lot. Yeah, okay. He wouldn't even. He couldn't even. Was he
7: in the office sleeping, or was he home? Home. Oh, he's home.
2: Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It was. Well, are talking about Al Rosenberg. He died last week.
7: You remember Al Rosenberg? He worked for a Enstern. I'm not. No relation. I'm
2: not even going to look at you. No, I,
7: no. he really did die. He did. There's a long thread on the New York uh, City uh, message board. I'm
2: going to look at it. And he worked Okay, for, now you're... No, I'm being I serious. Okay, I didn't hear about yeah, it. Yeah, he worked
7: okay. for both. a for Enstern. I knew I, Al Rosenberg. I know. I, yeah. knew,
2: I knew him well. He's no relation.
7: I'm not related to Al right. Rosenberg or Peter Rosenberg on ESPN, but he did die, Al Rosenberg.
2: A, a, a great guy. Yeah, too. he was very funny.
7: Very funny. And I've got horrible news for you before we get to Noam Layden. Mayor Bill de Blasio and his uh, wife Charlene McRae are separating to date other people without moving out or divorcing. So they're going to live together and they're going to date other people. And my question is, I know she's got a billion five, but who the hell would want to date Charlene McRae? He's got a billion five. I guess that's it, right? <laughs>
3: who the hell would want to take Bill De Blasio? <laughs> well, he's not a
7: horrible-looking guy. She's horrible-looking. Yeah. Horrible. And it's
3: nothing to do with color. Please stop it. She's just really ugly. He's not. He's a dick. Well, yeah. Like he's he's worldwide. He's known as just a giant doofus. Like what's what's attractive? Hey, he won that? a bunch of elections here. Yeah. Well, you're right. Some blue-haired lady up in uh, on
7: the Upper West Side who voted from every time. You're gonna dig him, right? No.
9: Well, do you remember he, he got her to trade teams? Yeah, she, she was that's a, right. She was, she was a lesbian. A lesbian. Yeah. And then she went straight. So I don't, maybe she went back to being a lesbian? I don't
7: know. You know, the uh, there's a girl named Kyle who I happen to like a lot. And she's on The Real Housewives of um, Beverly Hills. And she happens to be cousins or an aunt to Paris Hilton. She's one of the more famous housewives. You should know who she is. Of course, yeah. Kyle left her husband, Mauricio who cheats on her, like, every week. You know, I love he Every week this guy cheats, and cheats with a girl. So he turns her a lesbo. I guess.
2: Yeah, he'd make me lesbo. That's for sure. Mauricio? <laughs> no, that's uh, De Blasio. Oh, De Blasio. <laughs> yes, no, kidding. but De Blasio
7: turned her around. Yeah. She went from lesbian to actual heterosexual.
2: Well, I'm saying he would make me go. To, go back. To be a, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'd take trees or Druid. I forget it. I'm kidding. <laughs>
9: druid.
7: Uh, <laughs> All right, no. What's uh actually running this story right now on New York One, New York Times, reporting De Blasio? And his wife are separating. So,
9: huh. so wait, but they're going to live in the same house? Yes,
7: they're not divorcing. They're not. They're not even leaving the house, but they're going to date different
9: people. I think they can't afford to. That's probably what's going can't on. Can't afford to. They got a billion and a half I dollars. I don't know. You think know, that money's gone? Yeah, I think they got that Park Slope place, and that's it. That's it. Yeah. Mm. So they probably have to share the place. She's gotten Where's she getting money from? I. I, 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 I don't know. Where's he getting money from, for that matter? Who
7: knows? He's yeah. crooked as a day is long. This guy, he's got—I'm sure he's got millions somewhere stashed away. No, no, you don't think so? No, I do. I doubt it. I definitely do.
9: Hmm. All right, all right. Would be wrong?
7: And maybe Bill's going to be gay now. Who knows?
9: <laughs> maybe maybe he'll
7: be a lesbian and he'll be gay. <laughs> right? Be
2: fantastic.
7: A possibility. You never know. It's 2023. It's the, the right city to do it. He <laughs> could be yeah. the most
2: unattractive person. Uh, in God. Paul McCray? Oh, no, Bill de Blasio. Oh, I don't
7: think he's all that ugly. I don't. You don't? I, think, okay. I think she's a much uglier female than he is a There's
9: male. All. male. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, yeah.
2: well, that's that's a worthy debate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, what do you got today? North I just remember how yeah. he used
9: to sweat during those daily press conferences yeah. with the COVID. He's got nice hair, though.
2: Sweat like about crazy. as awkward a human being yeah. as you could uh, imagine. Are you kidding? Kneeling no, down? to... No, I get it. Okay, I, I, I'm well, not a fan of his, but I just find him to be a better looking guy. That his wife is a female. My God. Okay, right, he's right, rough. Right, I'd rather be thrown into a ditch than be burned <laughs> alive. Okay, well <laughs> What's you're right. A difference? <laughs> Fair enough.
9: Uh, you win. Good. So uh, you know. That's funny. Do you so. know what the number you were complaining about this earlier? The number one complaint in New York City by New Yorkers is noise. Right. Far and away. It's the number one. Complaint. Right.
7: And we don't have any noise at all where we live, me and Lou, except on July 4th. Otherwise, you could hear somebody fart in Brooklyn for more
4: house.
9: Right. Well, if you're in other parts of the city, noise is a real. issue Oh, it, it was from awful. Like... I lived in the Upper West Side, right. Right all over the place. It was a mess. So. The city, for some reason, decided that they would let civilians give tickets to businesses that violate noise ordinances. And they gave them full power to do this. Still do, by the way. So if you hear noise coming from a bar, you can essentially hand that business a ticket. But it's worse than that. The city, to give an incentive to New Yorkers to turn in businesses making too much noise, split the profits with the person who's turned them in. So this has become a full-time business for what they call civilian noise bounty hunters. There's one guy. His name is Ditmar Detering. He's from Queens. He's issued 500 noise complaints totaling $700,000. So let's say he gets half, which is what the number is. He's made $350,000 turning in businesses that are making too much noise. And so uh, NBC caught up with this guy, and they asked him, hey, is this a full-time job? now turning in p- businesses that make too much noise.
0: Uh, yeah, one one could say so. Yeah, there's so many violations out there and a lack of enforcement, and I see the victims.
9: Yeah. So. Uh, so. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. That so, is crazy. And so these businesses, there's like the Mercury Bar, which is in Hell's Kitchen. I they know have, the place. Yeah. Thirty-three thousand yep. in noise complaints. Again, from the citizen ticket givers. You could do it right now," said. "You could walk onto the street I don't if you want hear to. noise coming out of like a bar or business. You can go then to the Department of Environmental yeah. Protection, yeah. report these guys. If they get a ticket and they're found guilty, you get half of whatever that ticket is. So if it's thirty three thousand oh, dollars, hold
7: on a second. Maybe that's not, not a bad idea though. <laughs> you you get like sixteen money. grand. Six, thats a lot of money.
9: But that one guy's made three hundred. If he's made half. Which is possible he had. He's made three hundred thousand dollars in the last year of turning a business. <laughs> what a <laughs> rocket! So he Jeez. he walks around the city and he just finds. And so one of them is just that that Mercury bar. They got a thirty three thousand dollar ticket because their television, which was sitting outside the bar area, was on too loud. So instead of this guy going up to them and saying, "Hey." Turn down your TV warning them. They got no warning whatsoever. They were slapped with this ticket, and this guy gets half the profits. That's not right. Come on. Who who, (laughs) who did this? Uh, Well, this was part of this DEP campaign to get the noise down. I know.
7: Is it it, uh, it, uh, Adams? It was a
9: city council thing before Adams got in. Oh, so it was de Blasio's, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, so now you have all these businesses, these restaurants. They're screaming. They can't afford these tickets. It's outrageous. We have restaurants and bars calling us up and they're getting four, five, six violations from the same person before they even get notice that they've received the first violation. It's adding up the thousands
5: and thousands of dollars and these bounty hunters essentially that are issuing these violations are taking home a portion of it.
9: Yeah. So we could have a full time job now, turning in businesses, making too much noise, splitting the profits with the city yeah. a half, a third. You would do pretty well. Right? No, you would do very well. Yeah. Yeah. You got u- to get out of here. The ultimate
2: irony Sid Rosenberg turning in businesses for being too <laughs> <Yeah>. loud. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> ironic. That's not lost on me. That from doesn't bother used, me. From what I used to see, I used to uh, <laughs> live on
7: the 14th floor in the Upper West Side. I'd hear the couple uh, 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 on top of me. They'd be banging uh, every night. They'd be loud. Uh, But I couldn't give them a ticket now, could I? No. No. Only restaurants and bars. Restaurant,
9: (sighs) bars, businesses, you know, like a cell phone place that's blasting music trying to get you in the door. (laughs) They get tickets, too. But, again... You know, what's the incentive of the person who's giving the tickets to tell them to turn it down if they know they're going to get half the profit? Right. Take the There's, money. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell them to
2: turn it down either. No. Yeah. You would tell them the couple upstairs to turn it up.
7: <laughs> 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 well, this city, it's a mess. This city, it's just,
2: city's
4: just it's nothing. unbelievable. One after another. And
7: you get this mayor walking around beating his chest, telling everybody God sent them at the
2: right time, the right place. I'm doing a great job. What, what, what is he watching? What? Wait till the congestion pricing goes and they see the noise oh. then, man. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Everybody will be screaming. <laughs> what a mess. Talk Radio
0: 77. WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC.
7: Oh, you know this thing. Jaws. I didn't go in the water. Millions of people didn't go in the water. Millions. Richard Dreyfus, of course, the star of the movie. Let's see, Lewis, for $64,000, was what late great actor played the sheriff in that little town? Roy Scheider. Very
2: good. Very good. Named the captain.
7: Oh, he was a great actor, too. Damn it. He was. was, Oh, he was great. He was
2: was three great actors, but he. Yeah, we
7: had Scheider, Dreyfus, and the captain was a great actor.
2: Yep.
7: What was his name again? You Uh, forgot, too. Now I have to. (laughs) Yeah, I know. You forgot, but he was. He was in a ton of movies. It was a great movie, and and now it looks like uh, they got a big shark issue on Long Island. I think it's Suffolk County. Okay, I got it. Who was it? What's his name?
2: Robert Shaw.
7: Yes, Robert Shaw. Very good. Scheider, Dreyfus, and Shaw. Shaw. You know, Dreyfus is all pissed off, too, about this nonsense where, like, every movie has to have a black person, a gay person. uh, Shut up.
2: Yeah, I read that. Yeah, we
7: played the cuts. Yes. Good for him. So, uh, Suffolk County, I believe, they spotted a school of 50 sharks by Robert Moses, and I believe two teens got attacked on the island this weekend. Good thing Pete King doesn't go in the water. (laughs) Well, does he? Pete, hey, do you go in the ocean over there? My God, it, it's like Jaws on Long Island.
14: No, they wouldn't dare take me on. <laughs> uh, I'm uh, all set to take on 50 sharks, 100 sharks. <laughs> I could even take on Sid Rosenberg. But uh, also, notice they're out in Suffolk. They wouldn't come into Nassau. Bruce you know, all set to do a battle with them. You
7: know, it's funny they're you say that. that no, stuff. it's true. that they, For some reason, all these shark sightings and all these issues are in Suffolk and not Nassau. Is there any explanation for that? or No.
14: Uh, yeah, I said Bruce Brakman's a tough county executive. No one's going to cross the border with him, you know. Tough guy. We have, we, have, we have good, you know, good border security in Nassau County.
7: But on a serious note, it does. Um, yeah. It doesn't look. I know there was a, a two teens got attacked on Long Island. I think a teen got attacked in Florida. And this is a time of year where you know you guys count on tourism. This doesn't. Yeah. This isn't helping, right?
14: No, it certainly doesn't help. And again, apparently these were not serious wounds, but it's easy to say. You're not the one being bitten by a shark. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, again, this is a whole change that has to be monitored watched. I, you know, I, I wish I had answers, but let the record show. When I was in Congress, this never happened.
7: That's right. So you believe that the Sharks actually knew you were in Congress, or they know Bruce Blakeman is an Nassau County executive, and the Sharks know this, and that's why they're staying away, because if you believe this, it's good that you are retired, Pete. Just, Just between you and I.
14: No, actually, uh, just so you know, I, I wasn't certain of you know, but God impeded to me last night and told me. I, that's what's happening. you know. <laughs> funny. So
7: you sent me a text and it was um, Enos Cantor. I've got what he calls himself now. He's like Lloyd B. Free. He's like world uh, Enos or... Freedom. Freedom, right.
14: No, Enos Cantor Freedom. Right.
7: Yeah. And, and he, uh, he does a lot of political talk these days and he's usually on the right side of things almost always. And I guess he was responding to this awful person who plays for the Washington Mystics. Her name is Natasha Cloud, and she's the latest, like Brittany Griner, WNBA player, to say our country is basically trash and that we don't treat people equally and all that. What are your thoughts on that whole exchange?
14: Well, first of all, she's an absolute disgrace. I mean, for anyone in this country to say that we're trash, as Enos Kansas said, uh, there's no country in the world that comes close to us for freedom and liberty and democracy, etc. But I first met Enos Kanter. Then I was before he became Enos Kanter Freedom uh, when I was in Congress. And he was very strong against what was happening in Turkey. So he can't basically travel to Europe because, you know, warrants out his arrest. But even more so. But yeah, didn't, didn't,
7: uh, didn't the uh, Erdogan, was it, Erdogan, how do you say, uh, the leader there in Turkey? Erdogan. Erdogan,
14: Erdogan didn't yeah. Erdogan put a head out on his father or something like
7: that or something crazy?
14: Yeah, he put his father in jail, yeah. and there's a warrant out for uh, cancer. But here's the story, and even more than that is the way he has called out the NBA for their phony human rights, Black Lives Matter talk. I mean, they're talking about you know, standing up for freedom and uh, 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 being against oppression, and they've invested billions in China. I mean, they are so involved with China, which is the, probably the worst human rights violator in the world or one of the very worst, and you know, LeBron James and others, and cancer speaks out against that. He says, you know, you want your sneaker deals, you want to, you know, get the television rights and everything to China, then don't be a hypocrite. Don't be taking these. Don't be criticizing the United States. Don't be uh, slandering cops the way they do. So, again, he's the one guy who really calls out the NBA. I tell you, I I won't even watch the NBA anymore. They say it's phony, racist, hypocrites. I have no problems with them at all. But the one guy who's out there who says this over and over is Enos Cancer Freedom. So I I give him credit. He's a great guy. He's an easy guy to talk with when he was in the office. He'd be you know, signing autographs for kids who would come by. You know, a guy who worked for me, his son who was a big Enos Cantor fan. He would talk with them. And the whole thing, he's just a, a good guy and a solid American. He became an American citizen. And with all the anti-American garbage we have to listen to, it's good to have a guy who is an immigrant who stands up for what America is all about.
7: I want to get back to the NBA in a second. I want to move to the affirmative action decision the Supreme Court last week deciding No, we're going to allow kids into college now based on merit, not on color, race, creed, all those things, which I thought was a huge victory for our country and a great day for our country. But, of course, I'm going to play some audio for you from folks who cover the NBA who feel differently. What were your thoughts on last week's SCOTUS decision?
14: I think it was a totally correct decision. You know, Martin Luther King could have written that opinion 40, 50, 60 years ago. I mean, that is – Basically, it says that people should be judged on their merit, that you you don't end racial discrimination by imposing more racial discrimination. And when I see people on television say that they wouldn't have been in college or, or this or graduate school without affirmative action, that means that they took this place with someone else who deserved to be there. How about the guy who didn't make it because even though he had higher grades, even though he overcame more because he didn't check the right box, he, he or she did not get. Uh, accepted in, into college. We've right. gone the wrong way. This is sort of like back in the 20s and 30s when Jews were being kept out of the Ivy League because suddenly you know, there were too many Jews who were you know, you know, coming out top in their class and mean, accepted into schools. the same now with the Asians. I mean, schools like Stuyvesant and others, the high schools, they're trying to stop that. And the colleges, I mean, to me, I wouldn't care if the class was 100% Asian, 100% Black. You're getting the best people you can. And the, again, I agree, it doesn't always have to be just on grades. If you can show What a person has overcome, that's fine with a white or black, whether it's a white kid in Appalachia or a black kid in the inner city. But don't base it on race. Base it on achievement and base it on, you know, uh, dedication to a a, a strong work product.
7: We couldn't agree more. Now, Charles Barkley, who I usually like because he's not uh, one of these victim African-American people, he... He actually calls out the black community every now and then. He actually said this weekend he's going to give millions and millions of dollars to his alma mater, Auburn University, because he wants black kids to continue to go there. Charles, Charles, if they get the grades, they'll go there. But that brings up uh, Stephen A. Smith. He brought up the NBA. He covers the NBA. He covers all sports. He makes about $8 million a year, as you know, Peter, for ESPN. But he went on his soapbox this weekend about this SCOTUS decision. He usually talks NBA, but this weekend it was the SCOTUS decision. Play cut number two, Lewis. Cut number two, Stephen A. Smith.
10: I'm appalled by the decision because of the insensitivity it wreaks. Not the law. The law, it makes sense. You read the 14th Amendment, there's a legitimate argument by the conservatives to make that point. But in spirit, a lot is missing. And that's what we're talking about when we're talking about the soul of this nation. And by the way, I ain't trying to quote Joe Biden. What's it going to take for us to wake up and activate ourselves to fend off this onslaught that clearly is coming in our direction? It's not just coming in the liberals direction. It's also coming in the direction of independents like myself and even some Republicans. Because you got others who are extreme that don't give a damn. In the
7: spirit, Peter, not the law, just in the spirit. Your thoughts on Stephen A's comments.
14: Yeah, first of all, he's totally wrong. And the only <laughs> real onslaught I've seen in, in the last several years with the riots of twenty twenty when uh, just cops being attacked, cities being taken over, buildings being burned down. That was the onslaught, and we still haven't recovered from that, and that's why there's been such an increase in crime. And ironically, it's primarily in the inner cities, the minority areas, or the the victims of all this. They're the ones being victimized because of the liberal progressive policies that were put in place after the— Riots and onslaught of 2020. No, he's wrong. Forget this. You know, no, tell us about the spirit. How about the spirit of equality? The spirit of America? That's Being right. a land where people who work can move ahead. So listen, Stephen A. Smith. All these guys are locked in a time warp, and uh, I, I don't know why we, you know, country pays attention to these people at all. It's, by the way, it's interesting to note. That, uh, yeah, the poll, the ABC poll, I guess, was that by more than 20%, it was 52 to 32, Americans support that decision. Right. So less than one third of the country is opposed to the decision that all these people are screaming about. Idiots.
7: So I posted a picture. I, I live in a very patriotic neighborhood, and to Pete's uh, defense, Pete loves Bell Harbor, and Pete is beloved in Bell Harbor. Whether it's Sean at the Harbor Lights, my neighbors, I mean this sincerely. Peter King is beloved in that area, Rockaway, Bell Harbor, and So there's one lawn I've walked past. Every house has an American flag. Not every other house, not many, every one. And one lawn I've walked past, I had to take a picture, I counted 82 mini flags on their lawn. So I posted it on Instagram. So Peter, he gets so jealous that he finds some goofy block in Seaport or Oyster Bay, wherever you your place he lives, and he puts up a picture to me, and he goes, look, we're right with you. Not even close. Nice try. You guys are pretty good, but you are not my neighborhood. I'm sorry, Pete.
14: Well, Bell Harbor is great, and the people down there are great. <laughs> I love going to Harbor Light. They're just great people down there. I don't know how they lit you in the neighborhood, but you're there anyway. <laughs> yeah, and your neighbor, Anthony, is always texting me, and uh, it's great. I mean, Bell Harbor is <laughs> great. No, actually, let me say I, I live in Seaford. And up and down the streets, almost every lamppost has yeah. a flag outside of it. true. Most, yeah. most homes do. Yep. Again, Bell Harbor isn't a class by itself. Uh, some of the neighborhood values have been going down for the last year or two. I don't know who it is. <laughs> they say some, some guy moved in from the west side of Manhattan, and, uh, and, and, and you know, he's uh, a nude sunbathing and all that. Well, that, <laughs> that, no, that doesn't help the reputation of the neighborhood. Uh, you're funny. As,
7: now, your your neighbor does a very, very good job, and Anthony happens to be uh, my neighbor Jackie Felton, whose husband Billy's a hero firefighter. It's her father, and he gave me a Notre Dame hat for Father's Day, which you would love. On the way out, I have done a 180 on Eric Adams. I'm done texting him. I'm done dining with him. Uh, he needs to apologize to that woman, Holocaust survivor, calling her a plantation owner. And if it was the first time or the second time, Peter, I'd say, you know what, fine. He has done this time and time again, even dating back to 20-plus years ago. Bernie Kerrick told me when he referred a lot of his white officers as crackers. I have no patience, zero tolerance for a mayor who's going to be a racist or say racist stuff, and he does it all the time. I've lost my patience. What about you?
14: Yeah, I am really disappointed in Eric Adams. I've known him somewhat over the years. We have, a, I think, very friendly, cultural relationship. I wanted him to succeed. I really thought that coming in as a former cop, as an African-American, he was uniquely positioned, especially he's talking about you know, having a war on crime, that he'd be able to bring the communities together and he would be able to really restore some element of uh, law and order. Instead, uh, he, he's talking a good game, but, when, you know, Keyshawn Sewell, she basically had to leave because of the Adams crowd that was tying her hands. And uh, to me, that, that was sort of like the last straw for me. But it's been a lot of talk, no real progress. And what is bothersome is that whenever he's on the spot, he falls back on the race car. Right. I mean, you know, a you know, woman is up to 86-year-old woman. She's talking about rent stabilization. She could be right. She could be wrong. Don't accuse her of being a plantation owner. <laughs> and time and again, we see this. He uses the race car, like, uh, you know, with uh, Daniel. Uh, Daniel Penny. Right. But Daniel Penny, and, I,
7: and also I, the, gov- you know, the you know, government, the, the uh, governor in Texas, he's the same thing. Governor Abbott. Right, I mean, everybody.
14: Right. He said, you know, you know, that could have been my son. He didn't say a word when a black guy stabbed someone to death in the subway. Now, I think the guy did the right thing in the subway. Of course, don't get did. me wrong, right? But the fact is, if that had been white and black, the black and white, as opposed to you know, uh, on the other train, I mean, it would have been uh, uh, with Daniel Penny. Right. Adams would have been out front. Calling it a racial crime. Right. So no, don't fall about. What we need is to bring bring races together. And for a guy who I thought was uniquely positioned to do that, he's dividing the races more than ever. It's really wrong. And it's just a failure of leadership. There's still time to turn it around, but he's got to do it quickly.
7: Oh, good. I'd love to hear this. Thank you, Peter. I'm glad you said that. Yes, Jordan Williams, of course, and my buddy Jason Goldman. I'm glad he got Jordan yeah. Williams off because the guy deserved it. The guy did the right
0: thing. Right, he right, the right. right. Yeah. But,
7: but you, you, again, uh, there's Eric Adams, who initially in the Daniel Penny case was great, and then he joined Al Sharpton, the rest of his buddies there, and turned into what we thought he would turn into. And he made, uh, you know, it uh, could have been my son. Shut up, Eric. So I'm glad uh, you're there, and he needs to apologize to a lot of people, a lot of people, before he regains my trust. But you don't, because I love you, and your appearance every Wednesday is great. So thank you very much, Peter, for coming on this morning. We'll do it again very soon.
14: Okay, thanks for the Larry Trump at 740 instead of me. <laughs> I, <appreciate laughs> I didn't, I didn't switch I... it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> well done. That's... Nicely
7: done, Peter. There he is every Wednesday. He's great. My dear friend, the Congressman Peter King. That was great, Pete. Still an hour to go. Keep it right here. Wednesday edition of Sid and Friends in the morning. Come on.
0: in the morning. 77 WABC.
6: Summon all that my heart finds true and send it in my letter to you. Things I found out
7: Bruce Deuce, baby. Bruce Deuce at 9:13 on your Wednesday, July the 5th. The favorite show is back. That's us sitting friends in the morning. Had a nice four-day weekend. Just gave you three great hours. Another forty-eight minutes to come. Paul Borghese is going to join me. He's going to be great. I promise. Irishmen, sopranos, Gravesend—he's been all of them. We'll do a bunch of stuff with Gravesend this week, and that'll be it. You know, we'll get Dice on though next week. I think Andrew Dice Clay—that'll be huge. That'll be humongous.
2: That'll—that ne- will not be next it. week. That'll not be it. What do you mean that'll be it? Well, until I do it the next time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Till next week. Well, so we'll do it a couple of days. And that'll be it. Well, I'll do it until
7: people stop telling me what a great job I did. I mean, what do you want me to do? Are
2: you expecting that to stop? Yes, I
7: do. I I, I expect that to stop.
2: (laughs) You just crack me up. You really really, really make me laugh. And then
7: it gets worse because is tomorrow Thursday? Oh, yes. Tomorrow, they start the press release for Inside Man, which was originally called Gemini Lounge.
2: Oh, that's The actual movie I made. Oh, that's the one that changed names. Okay. Yeah. All
7: right. I wasn't nearly as good in that movie. First of all, it was one movie, not reoccurring episodes. I really wasn't. I was just, I was fine. Uh, much better in Gravesend. But this is a major motion picture. Going to be in theaters all over the world starting August the 11th. Bo Dieter was great in it. I mean, great. And uh, that happens tomorrow. So this whole acting thing is becoming a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, you're starting to rate one against the other. Yeah, I know. Like it's, I'm not as good uh, in that one as I yeah. am in the other one. I know. Ones. It's kind of funny.
7: I'm <laughs> stupid. So, what can I tell it's pretty you? Funny. It is pretty funny. It's pretty funny. Uh, what was Bill Maher talking about here? Before we get to Borghese, he was talking on his show. I tell you, I love Bill Maher. And I'll give Bernie a lot of credit for this one, too, my man Bernard. Started playing a lot of Maher's stuff about 18 months ago before he got really sick. And Maher was starting to sound more like a Republican than than a liberal or whatever he is, or independent. I don't know what these people call themselves. But he sounds like a Republican to me, I got to tell you. So we talked uh, this weekend about the difference between Trump and DeSantis. And he did it by using a cover band analogy. The great Bill Maher on the difference between Trump and DeSantis, Lewis. Cut number five.
0: Everything I hear about DeSantis is that he's dull. He doesn't have any charisma. And also, I think, uh, I think liberals, they just they, they make a real effort not to understand the Trump voter. And. Um, you know, it's like, oh, DeSantis is going to be great because hes it's Trumpism without Trump. And I think they're like, why would we want a tribute band What, <laughs> when the actual band
7: is, is still playing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Why would we want a tribute band when the actual band is still playing?
2: Can't disagree with that one. That's...
7: Don't say you can't disagree and you sit there and nod your head with Pete King and Bo Deedle when they're all over DeSantis and killing Donald Trump. Wait, I just agreed with him. Well, I know, but uh, you, uh, so wh- where'd not... that come from?
2: <laughs> what well, I can't. I, I'm so I'm not allowed to agree with well, him. Oh, I mean, you
7: haven't for like the last eight months. Would you wake up this weekend? Hey, wait a second. Where, do you get, where are you getting that from? Where oh, oh got... my God. Every time King and Dito were like, oh, we can't win. If I hear one more time he's not electable, um, even Bo, who's a lot stronger than me, I'm going to punch him in the face. It's stupid. It's stupid. Well, why he is electable. Well, he won once. He me, almost you, won
2: twice. You're yelling at me. Why, why because you, you yell-
7: agreed with those bastards.
2: No, did, I, when did that happen? Every,
3: every single time.
2: No, I did, I oh, let that. me go to
3: Justin. Hold on. Let me go to Justin. I'm, I'm not getting involved. When I, I say whoa. that? I do not loop me into this. This is a mess, and I, I'm not here to clean up. You know it. the most
7: shocking thing uh, to <laughs> me this weekend was...
2: We're done with you,
7: Justin. Talking about racist and affirmative action and Stephen A. Smith, and Jamel Hill is the most vile disgusting and i did call her a racist bitch i'm not taking it back i'm not taking it back she is that she wrote something in the new york post accusing asian people of carrying the water for white supremacy because they back the affirmative action decision no so asian people jamel who work really hard and get great grades should not be able to go to a college of their choice because your kid's black are you nuts i mean and the post puts this in the paper You know what Noam said to me this morning? How did she get away with it? And there's a very simple explanation. She's black. I'm not a racist. not even close, but I'm so sick of it. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of the double standard, the bull crap in this country. If a white person wrote in a newspaper something about a black person, they'd never work again. We've known this a million times. I know. I know. But Jamel Hill, this idiot? So I got one better for you. A bigger racist than her, Joy Reid. Maybe the biggest racist ever on MSNBC. Do you know where Joy Reid went to college? You're ready to fall out of your chair. You have one guess,
2: Lewis. Okay, let me... Uh, one guess. Joy Reid, this idiot. I already... I already cheated, you saw it already? So. I, I cheated, but I, I probably would have guessed something higher anyway, but... Not
7: this high. Fight no. cut number 10. Number 10.
1: I got into Harvard only because of affirmative action. I went to a school no one had ever heard of in Denver, Colorado, in a small suburb. I didn't go to Exeter or Andover. I didn't have college test prep. I just happened to be really nerdy and smart and have really good grades and good SAT scores. But someone came to Denver, Colorado to look for me. A Harvard recruiter flew to, and I met up with her at the Village Inn restaurant and did a pre-interview to get to to pull me into Harvard. I wasn't, I was pulled in, and and the school like Harvard Affirmatively. and Yale that That's I got t- into. Affirmatively. Yes. And it was literally not saying we're going to take an unqualified person and put That's them right. in Harvard. Yes. We're going to take a very qualified person who we would never know existed and put them in Harvard. That's how I got there. That's how Ketanji got there. That's how Justice Jackson, I should say, Justice Jackson got there. It's how Clarence Thomas got there.
2: <laughs> She's lying. She just said in the beginning, I, know. I got in because I was black. Right. That's, isn't but here comes more.
7: How about this? Now, you know, see, believe this part. She says she went to Harvard, I guess, to look around. I don't know. And the white people were questioning her presence at that place. That's the most liberal place I've been there. Uh, I've been to Harvard. I visited. There's a church across the street. They can't hang enough BLM and gay flags. <laughs> this is Joy Reid lying again. Cut number 11. What a The liar.
1: minute I arrived from my majority black little town, Montbello in Denver, to Harvard, the first... Like, week or two that I was in class, my presence was questioned by oh, white stop people. stop I was in this big conference class shut where up. some white students t- stood up now, and now said... Shut
7: this so, off. She's such a liar. I mean,
2: God, a liar. But
1: the first thing she says in the other cut is... I got into Harvard only because of affirmative action. I,
7: yeah. So which one is it? So... I mean, I'm so dizzy right now.
2: <laughs> you imagine Sid Rosenberg saying, I became the morning show host because I'm white. Because of the, that's exactly what she just said. Well, that's what got to happen. What?
7: It was between me and Dominic Carter. And
2: oh, is that <laughs> one? I will <laughs> yield the position to the white Sid Rosenberg. That does sound like we will still be fighting crime on the same team.
3: Yet uh, he's here.
7: It. Hey, uh, Justin, were you anywhere near Washington D.C. this weekend?
3: Absolutely not. Are you sure? Ah. Uh, well, I mean, I wasn't necessarily vouch for you? Away. Can,
7: can I call somebody that'll say you weren't anywhere near there?
3: Why are you asking? Any oh. chance you were anywhere near the White House. Are you asking because of the <laughs> Play cut number 12, Lewis. Let's uh, see what happened there. there.
15: We have a
7: result on the demo. We have a yellow bar stating cocaine. What? Hydrochloride. Cocaine in the White House. They found it in the library. Now, there's a touristy section. That, Hunter. I mean, it could be, I guess, but it could be a million people because, as I said earlier, the people in D.C. are the biggest degenerates that God ever created. They all drink, they all do drugs, all of them, all of them, not just Hunter, but, um, yeah, there was no – he was in Nantucket, Justin, so it couldn't have been him. right. Finally, Hillary Clinton
6: says,
7: (laughs) by the way, not that he didn't have any on him, but he just was in a different place. He
2: doesn't doesn't
3: even remember where he was (laughs) until you just said it. Right, that's that's where I was. Got it, got it, got it. Okay, got it. Uh,
7: Hillary Clinton says, if Donald Trump wins, the world is over. This is uh, Hillary from this weekend, cut number seven.
1: Look, if Trump wins, which I do not believe will happen, let me just quickly say that. If in some scenario that were to happen... Um, it would be the end of democracy in the United States. Oh, shut up. It would be the end of Ukraine. It would become a, you know, he will pull us out of NATO if he wins again. Uh, Just like he pulled us out of the Iran deal, he pulled us out of the Paris Accords, he will pull us out of NATO.
2: Good. You should. As if Ukraine is in great shape right now. Yeah, exactly. Look how great they're (laughs) doing. Ukraine would be destroyed. Ukraine is almost gone.
7: Almost gone.
2: Like, you know what the cities look like?
0: People
7: are still getting murdered every day. And I look, (laughs) The Ukrainians have put up a tremendous fight. I agree with Roger Stone. He said this morning on this show, there's a lot of people that will tell you that the Russians are not losing the war. And they're not. They're losing a lot of men. Yes, they 100% are. They're losing a lot of their weaponry, 100%. But they're going to win the war just because of attrition. And they're killing a lot of Ukrainians, a lot, a lot. People are like, oh, Ukraine's winning. Oh, really? This is not the Gulf War where George Bush 41 went in, no Americans died, and we killed all their people. They're winning because less people are dying than we thought would die, I guess. I don't even know how you get there winning. I don't know. But Jesus Hillary Clinton. And they never go away, these people. They never go away. Anyway, let's, uh...
2: Where did she... Out of the blue, Hillary Out of the Clinton. blue. God, please go away.
7: Scraped her out of some party, probably, at Martha's Vineyard with Alan Dershowitz after her 18th glass of wine.
2: I don't feel no way as tired.
7: <laughs> yeah, that's her. So we'll shift gears. We'll, uh, what does Eric Adams say we, uh...
2: Uh we gonna pivot and shift. Right, that's Cindy. right.
7: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah we'll talk to the Paul Borghese coming up next on the Wednesday edition of your favorite show, We Are Sitting Friends in the Morning.
6: True. Yeah, the
0: 77 WABC. Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC.
7: Huey Lewis, happy birthday today to Huey Lewis. It's group Huey Lewis on the news. He's 73, the heart of rock and roll. Leave it to Ralph Napolitano, no relation to Judge Napolitano, who will join us tomorrow and every Thursday. The guy owns a restaurant with his brother on Arthur Avenue called Ann and Tony's, but he's smart. He texts me all day. 99% of the time I don't answer him. But I like what he has to say. And he says what I've been saying. Putin's not losing anything. He'll keep killing Ukrainians until there's none left. That's it. He doesn't care how many Russian soldiers die. He doesn't care. And they're still fighting for him. This idea he's losing the war. And a lot smarter people than me say that nonsense. Guys like O'Reilly and King, I mean they're out of their minds. He's not losing anything. He will kill all of these people, bomb every city he can. He doesn't care if he loses a billion soldiers. He don't care, he's got no heart. Not losing anything. I don't know, I don't know what you guys watch. Just like you guys have said he was weak. The Wagner Group. The Wagner Group turned around. They were scared to death. How does that make Putin look weak? Come on. I don't know what uh, war you guys are watching, but I'm sick of watching this one myself, to be honest. I'm tired of it. So you can watch that, and I'll watch Gravesend. <laughs> Paul Borghese is, um, is, I guess he's a producer in this. He's in it. He plays a great FBI guy. Great. He's been in a ton of movies. The Irishman. Sopranos, 61, he played Yogi Berra. He also did a very good job, I must say, of emceeing our event, our red carpet event on Thursday night, introducing the film to hundreds in attendance. And his cousin, the great actor-entertainer Tony Darrow, was on earlier this morning. And everybody loves Tony. So here he is, Paul Borghese. Paul, good morning, buddy.
16: How are you? Uh, good morning, Sid. How are you doing today? Good. Did you hear your cousin earlier? Yeah, I I sure did and I talked to him after that and uh you just made me hungry mentioning Ann and Tony's. They got my picture <laughs> yeah. up over there. I love I love that place and I, I love the neighborhood. We've had our family business there almost a hundred years, B and G clothes where everybody bought their suits on East Hundred and Eighty Seventh Street in that neighborhood, but we're not there anymore. Oh wow.
7: So but that was your family on Arthur Avenue, huh?
16: Yeah, my father and his brothers and, and my cousin. I never went into the into the business because I've, you know, been in, in the entertainment business my whole career. But that was us. That was us since wow. 1918. Yeah. So what
7: is uh, your title? Because, I, like I said, I know you produced. I, uh, I know you act, obviously, you're a very good actor. What, what is your title exactly, Paul?
16: Well, I'm a, I'm a producer, director, actor, writer. I mean, I kind of uh, I work on both sides of the camera. I do it all. I've been doing it my whole life. And, uh, you know, William DeMeo and I have, have a long, as, as you heard me mention in our, my introduction of the, of the series the other night at the premiere, you know, we have an over 20-year working relationship and friendship that, uh, you know, both have been very fruitful. And uh, I directed a number of uh, feature films for William that we co-wrote together and produced together, uh, in the, you know, in, in the recent years. Uh, one of them was searching for Bobby D, starring yep. Carmen Electra, yep. Sandra Bernhardt, sure. Cousin Tony. Uh, then we had Once Upon a Time in Brooklyn, which starred Armand DeSantis. I love that movie. Kathy Moriarty. Yep. Yeah, isn't that a great one? Great movie, yes. I love that one. And we've got Armand, of course, in Gravesend series now. And the most recent one was Back in the Day, which, uh, you know, we had quite a few big actors in that. And, uh, um, and you've seen that one as well, the boxing movie. Great movie, sure. too. Of course, I've seen yeah, them all. Baldwin. Yeah, I've yeah, seen Alex them all. Baldwin. You know what I yeah, did when, when, I, when I got we this? Get you in the next one.
7: Well, I hope so. Thank you. Very nice. Uh, Tony said, That's it. Me and my cousin Paul, you're in for good. And I, and I received all these messages, and Armand DeSante sent me a message. These are all unprovoked, mind you. Armand DeSante, Chairs Barmenteri, Bo Dietl, They don't just message people and go, Great job, unless they meet it, I guess. And I was, it was surreal. I was humbled by the whole thing. And, and Tony did say, Next time me and Paul do something, you're in it. But, um, you know, once I got this gig with William, I went back and watched a lot of his movies that I had not seen before, and uh, all those movies you just named but you're involved in uh, are all terrific films, they're all terrific. Tell me this, uh, right now the writers are on strike in Hollywood, and I guess the actors are about to go on strike. Now, William does this independently. To, To his credit, Tony mentioned this, raises his own money, writes it, stars in it, directs it. God bless the kid, he's amazing. But for most of the acting community, the strike of the writers and actors next, how crippling is that?
16: Well, I don't. I don't think uh, where we're at now with the updates I've been getting. I don't think that SAG, the Screen Actors Guild, is going to go on strike. I think that the writer's strike is going to get resolved soon, and I, I don't. I don't think that you know SAG is going to strike. So I mean, these things happen on and off through through, through our careers, and you know you kind of have to roll with the punches. But yeah, William, yeah, you know because he does produce independently, and I, you know I have myself. Um, You know, he creates work for himself, which is great. Not only does he create work for himself, but let me tell you, he's produced five feature films at this point. He and I together have produced a number of of television pilots. We have the series now. And um, he has created more employment for actors. How many of our actors and crew members that go on and on and on? You know, thousands of, of people. As an independent filmmaker, I mean, that's, there's a lot to be said about that, you know, and I, I can't say enough good things about that's William.
7: That's true. No, you're right. And, look, you know, the big names, of course, people know, Chaz Palminteri, Armand Desante, Vinnie Pastori, Bo Deedle, Chuck Zito, Gina Gershon, Sophia Milos. Uh, these are just to name a few, Fran Trescher, Chris Momondo, Gordial. Uh, But there's a lot of folks in these uh, movies and these shows that people don't know. I mean, look. I made my uh, debut in Gravesend, never acted, not a day, not once in my life, and he gave me an opportunity. So you're a
16: natural. I'm not to say you to blow smoke up your – I you know, we're on AM radio, I can't curse. Oh, no, sure you can. can? Okay. <laughs> you, so can say, but, yeah. you can say – So I'm not saying blow smoke up your ass, not like, that that's <laughs> a bad word, but you really, like, you know – I thought you looked great. You got a great look. Thank you. You were a natural. Nice. you. didn't, over, you know, you didn't overact like some people do when they first start, or underact. I I thought you were right on the money. Tony and I talked about it afterwards, and I was like, because we have a few films coming up, we're going to be making, and I said, hey, we got to get Sid in there. You know, he was uh, good, and uh, I and I mean you. that. I'm not I'm not saying it because I'm on your show. No, you know?
7: thank you. I, I appreciate that, and and uh, means a lot to me because. Uh, you know, I was nervous, uh, clearly. Uh, I was nervous when I made the film, too, with Danny A in Los Angeles, which is now called Inside Man. It was called Gemini Lounge. But now I can't wait for the next one. I mean, I really can't wait to do something else in this industry. And, you know, you were there on Thursday night, Paul, just the the excitement in that room, the enthusiasm. You got us going. You did a tremendous job getting us going that night. But to be sitting, you know, the first couple of rows, they actually reserved those seats and looked at the names next to me. <laughs> like... Big-time actors, like, know. you know, Andrew Dice, Clay, Chuck Zito, Sid Rosenberg, which doesn't belong and why. And it was just, <laughs> like, I, it was surreal. It was great.
16: That was a great. Listen, he, he put together a great cast for this. And like I said, there's a lot of names that would be the obvious uh, ones to go to. And there's also a lot of names that William Ford out of the box with. And uh, it's just a great ensemble cast. And, I, you know, I've seen the whole series now at this point. And it really grows on you. I don't know how else to put it. You know, you you get past the first episodes and I actually actually watched it with my my mother over the holiday weekend because she wanted to watch it because you know she knows everybody in the show because I've worked with everyone and she loved it too you know so for my 92-year-old mom to love it too and the younger generation and our generation you know you know you've got yeah. a hit on your hands yeah. so I think it's going to do real well so do I, I got to tell everyone what you told speak about to me the other night I got to tell everyone what you said the other night to me which I got a kick out of and laughed about and have talked about since And Tony and I have talked about, I don't know if you remember. So, you know, since I've been divorced, yes, I'm known for going out with women that are a lot younger than me. Um, you know, we, we all do when we can, but I run it, I see you upstairs at the, at the theater and we're talking. And then, uh, I introduce you to my date and then you, and you said to me, Oh, is this your daughter? Paul?" Yeah. 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 I still think and it's I your daughter. I thought it was so funny. I thought it was so funny. <laughs> yeah. Afterwards, I was like, come on, you're at a premiere. It's like a Hollywood thing. It's not yeah. unusual to see you know, a guy with a much younger girl. Yeah. And uh, I told you it was a birthday. And you go, oh, really? And you go, well, how old are you? Like 16? She's <laughs> like, not that young, Sid. not that young. I did say that. You're right. No, she looked very, very young. I mean, you're a very <laughs> handsome guy, but, you know, she looked young. <laughs> well, good for she, you. She, she is young, but I got a kick out of And we laughed later. And then she came to me. She said, "She goes, do, we, do I do I really look that much younger than you?" And I said, "Yeah, you kind of do, but don't worry about it." No, listen, good tell for both. Friends about that since good for both. Good
7: for both. You guys, uh, you look great together. You really do. I tell you one last thing. The series starts. Uh, that is a funny story. The series starts uh, in Miami. Well, it starts really in Brooklyn with Cordio and Marmando, but we quickly uh, go to Miami where Benny Z, William DeMello's character, is on the lamb. And then about episode four, I guess, we get back to Brooklyn. But um, I'm a Brooklyn boy, lived on East 22nd and Quentin Road for the better part of 30 years. My father, Coney Island, went to Lincoln High School, lived off surf. My mother grew up by King's Highway. So to see L&B Spamoni Gardens, to do scenes outside of Michael's Restaurant, to do scenes outside of the garage, Anthony's Fine Clothing Place in Bensonhurst, to see all these very recognizable Brooklyn landmarks, if you will, from me. Yes. I got a huge kick out of that, poll.
16: Oh, I thought that was a great part of the show. William always does that. I mean, John's Deli, yes. uh, you know, uh, Lenny's Pizza. He always, in any everything I've ever produced with William, he's always plugging and and promoting, you know, his lo- the local businesses there, and especially L&B, Simone Gardens, um, and John's Deli. I mean, we shot on John's Deli's rooftop for the other movies that we've done and have scenes in front of John's Deli. So he's like, you know, I wouldn't say he put Brooklyn on the map because Brooklyn's Brooklyn, but he really does keep so much of that alive in his films. And I think it was fun seeing the, the, the location. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There's great locations in the, both in Florida and in Brooklyn, and I think that's a big part of the show is the production value of
7: it. A hundred percent. And uh, doing those scenes down in Sunny Isles, I can't wait. I guess uh, Willie told me we're going to shoot season three the start of that back in Sunny Isles where me and Dice Took the tennis court. I know it said Boca Raton, but it was Sunny Isles. And it was just, I tell you, yeah. the, the music, Paul, that you guys put together, like you said, the, the different locations in Brooklyn, the references. I mean, Woody Giuliani, he comes on this station every day at three o'clock. He doesn't even know his kid, Andrew's on every Sunday at two. He doesn't even know that the very first episode, the first 10 minutes, they break into a, a news alert on 1010 10 wins about the five families. And Woody Giuliani's name is mentioned about 20
16: times. And you, Rudy's actually in it. I mean, it's stock footage, but it's old footage, and Rudy's actually in yeah. the show in in that way. You know, I know.
7: Bo and, uh, at the, Bo, Bo <laughs> at the very end was not very nice to Rudy. He said, "F
16: Giuliani." <laughs> yeah, it was I know. It, at the uh, right at the uh, the block the block party. Yes. Yeah, I, my character. You know, I play FBI agent uh, Chris Morano, and he's really the main talent, proud Italian American. I mean, it's sort of like Rudy Giuliani's in real life character. What he did. You know, with the mob. My character uh, is Italian American, very proud to be. It doesn't, hasn't come out yet um, how much of that is in him. And he's trying to bring these guys down. Benny Zerletta. Who is Benny Zerletta? We got to get Benny Zerletta. Right. And uh, so I start appearing in episode three yes. of, of second season and, you know, continue on and off uh, th- throughout. There was a huge scene we were supposed to do in episode nine that really was going to develop my character and set us up for the third season, but we ended up never getting around to shooting the scene. So, We'll be jumping into that as soon as we you know, get back for season three, which, knowing William, it's going to be sooner than later. We'll yeah, I hope so. I can't again. wait.
7: And you were great. You were terrific. I uh, loved your character. You did a very, very good job. Reminded me of my buddy Frank, God rest his soul, who played an FBI guy in The Sopranos. And you were in that show, too, right? You were in The Sopranos a little bit, right?
16: Yeah, you're talking about Frankie Pellegrino, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I worked on a Sopranos, too, just with Frank Pellegrino's sister, Susan, from Rayo's uh, yeah. uh, yesterday at uh, Family Barbecue. Miss
7: him the there. Market. Yeah, the guys oh, are still great there, but he was great. Best. He was great.
16: He, he was the best. Yeah. Well, listen,
7: uh, uh, congratulations, Paul, on, uh, on, this, on this show. It's a tremendous show. You did a great, great job. You really did. Uh, on the air, of course, uh, the character you play is an important character, and you're great at it. And all the work you do producing and uh, acquiring all this talent and working with Willie, you should be really proud of yourself, man. I'm proud to be a part of it, and I'm proud that you and I are friends. So thank you so much for hopping on today, and hopefully I'll see you very, very soon on the next set. How about that, Paul?
16: Well, thanks, Sid, and I'm, and I'm sure you will. I appreciate you having me on the show, and uh, I'll keep listening.
7: Thank you, Paul. Thank you very much. There he is, actor Paul Borghese, also produces and directs and writes. His cousin is uh, Tony Darrow. He's been friends with Willie DeMayo for the better part of 20 years. Something tells me Joe Esposito knows him, too. Let me see. The former chief of police, John Delis' great roast beef sandwich. The great Joe Esposito. I love him.
0: Talk Radio 77. W.A.B.C. Boy. Now, it's time for Sid's Take. Sid's Take. Sid's Take, yeah. Good luck. It's Sid's Take, sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC.
3: Back at it, Wednesday morning, a well back from vacay, locked and loaded, back into neutral. We were in, uh, I was in uh, four-wheel drive there for a bit, Lewis. I got a lot of car analogies. I'm right. With you. Now I'm okay. back into neutral here. You're in. Okay. The game, of course, which came first Wednesday, sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. Over and out. Ex- over and out. The world's best built boilers. Susan's out in Rhode Island. Hi, Susan. Hi. Uh you ready to go today? we got which came first Wednesday. I got you. I'm ready to go. All right. Let's do it. Here we go. Who Number goes one. Who first? Me or six? <laughs> Yeah. You. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> funny. Very, very funny. All right, five questions here, Susan. Number one, which came first, Mickey Mouse or chocolate chip cookies? Chocolate chip cookies.
6: Mm. No, no. I know. That
3: was a good guess, though. Mickey Mouse, 1928. Chocolate chip cookies, 1938. On to number two, Susan. Which came first, Google or Chipotle? Chipotle. I would say Google. Ooh. Oh, Jesus! I'm getting destroyed. No, you not, not yet. You're not getting destroyed yet. I would say, <laughs> yes. you, I would say, if you get to the yes. 0 for, 0 for four area realm, then maybe you're getting a little bit destroyed. But you no, know, Google ninety eight yes. and uh, Chipotle nineteen ninety three. Interestingly enough, on wow. number on to number three, Big Macs or Twinkies. Twinkies. There you go. One for three, Susan. On to number four. T-shirts or blue jeans? Mm. Blue jeans. There you go. <laughs> Two for four, Susan. On to number five. And in an attempt to go three for five. The New York City subway or the London Underground? New York yeah no. give me the New York City
5: subway. Ah, I wanted to go with London, but well, that's
3: all right, Susan. Hey, two for five ain't a bad score. You said you thought you were getting nah. destroyed, but you did good. All right. I think even Sid could beat me. Nah, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. He's feeling tripped out. So you hang out on hold. We'll get back to you. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. The big man's coming on back in here. How do you feel? I feel great. You? Ah. Uh... You look good. You got a
7: nice tan. You got a nice haircut. You look rested. Yeah, It's a kick-ass show today. Out kick-ass, out great show.
3: Today. Yeah, two out of three for sure. <laughs> <laughs> two truths and a lie. Which <laughs> was a lie? Uh, well rested. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's true. You're right. Let's do it. How many get right? Uh, two, two for five. Susan went. Let's go. All right. Number one. Which came first, Mickey Mouse or chocolate chip cookies? Wow, Mickey Mouse or chocolate chip cookies. Uh-huh. Which came... Mickey Mouse. Oh, there you go. One for one, under number two. I mean, just a guess, but... Uh, yeah. yeah. But a smart guess. Not Google or Chipotle.
7: Google or Chipotle. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, uh, wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh. My daughter Ava's on a train right now, coming back from South Carolina. Mm-hmm. A friend works at Chipotle. Oh.
2: Oh, that's great.
7: Fun little anecdote there. Davis. Um, I'm going to go with <laughs> what came first, Chipotle.
6: Nice.
3: Two for two. Oh. I'm number three. Big Macs or Twinkies. Big Macs at McDonald mm-hmm. or Twinkies. Mm-hmm.
7: I haven't had either one of those in really too long. So it's time to have both. I yeah. I'll do both. Maybe, I'm going to go with uh, Twinkies. There you go. Some. I think I've, I've gotten them all right so far. Uh, you're
3: three for three. I've never seen I've, anything I've like I've won this. the game. This is remarkable stuff. Yeah. On to number four. Uh, t-shirts or blue jeans. T-shirts. I don't But I had it. Yep. And finally, yeah. in an attempt to go four for five, the New York City subway system or... The London Underground.
7: The New York City subway system
8: or the tube.
7: Yes. I gotta go. Now, London, of course, was there before us. Mm -hmm. So it's gotta be the tube. Uh, You (laughs) would (laughs) think.
2: And you would think correctly. Four for five showing, and wow. pretty good, right? My God. Oh, God. Nice. Yeah. Well, Armand DeSante is going to be texting you he, again. Yeah. Okay. Drink, drink some you brain juice t- t- over so
7: so the weekend. That's me what we're Nothing from Armand yet. <laughs> Tony Darrow may. By the way, Bo Dito called me, too. He'll be on tomorrow at 9.05. <laughs> so.
2: That's every day.
7: Uh-huh. Nobody called to tell me that I was good. All right. Are we done? Are we... Uh, uh, well, if it depends uh, if you want to break right now. Uh, let's break yeah. right now. Come back and say goodbye, okay? Okay. Yeah, okay let's Peace.
0: It's Sid's Take. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC.
7: This is uh, The Power of Love by Huey Lewis as we celebrated Huey's birthday today. What's funny is he probably didn't even celebrate, but we did. We keep celebrating all these birthdays, and like I feel like these people don't even care, but if, we care.
2: If you're seventy three, you probably don't care. Right? <laughs> you're probably you're don't sure. You probably
7: don't. Like had a lot of these.
2: Sounds good, man. Yeah.
7: Funny. <laughs> Got a big
2: show coming up
7: tomorrow. Thursday's are always big because Bill O'Reilly is on. He's the top rating getter of any segment of any show on this station all week. both Dito's live in studio, and he's brilliant. Judge Napolitano, Curtis Leiva. We've got uh, Joseph Abood live in studio tomorrow. I miss Joseph. So that's a big deal. Big, big show coming up tomorrow. But we're done for today. Happy to be back. Hope you enjoyed the show. As always, uh, by the way, we've got a 6.0, the third week of um, six The third week of June, I guess. So We're on uh, pace again to finish right there at the top. Lou Ruffino, Justin Ellick, and Noam Laden. Great job today. We'll be back again tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Until then from all of us to all of you.